0: To the Chomp Cast, an official podcast of SwordChomp and SwordChomp.com. Thanks for taking time out of your crazy life to make time for ours. And remember, if you dig what we do, you can go to patreoncom swordchomp. Look for our special VIP tier. We are burrowing, burrowing into the depths of our nostalgia, Super NES nostalgia. Um, to sort of help ease our anxious minds in some cases <laughs> which will make a little more sense later as we talk a little anxiety and super NES what the fuck that's random yeah yeah you'll see um, our listeners from the at sword chomp Instagram community chime in on the huge Borderlands 3 announcement trailer um, wanted something to talk to community about this week because this topic's a little more personal and that fell right into our laps and we love it when things fall right into our laps right fish that's right. There we go. <laughs> Something <laughs> had fallen into his
1: lap right as he said that.
0: <laughs> I just dropped that fucking bomb in the intro right in his lap. Um, and so, I think myself off. Great job, Morgan. Um, so we have a plethora of polls to run through, like discussing the next Super Smash Brothers character as voted on by you, the Ad Sword Chomp Instagram community, and a continuing series of polls. Donkey Kong Country 1 versus Donkey Kong Country 2. Tr- Tropical Freeze, a Mountain Dew flavor. Sekiro, the rage that it has ignited in our followers on the Instagram community. They get voted on just how angry this game made them, and it's a lot of fun. It's a very stupid scale, but it's scientific and 100% uh, proof. I,
1: I feel like the way you pronounce that is the way like some assholes on Twitter. Sekiro, more like
0: Suckerow. No, because you did no. say Suckerow on accident, but. Suck-a-row. Perfect. So it does kind of sound like Suckerow. It, it does kind of sound I like I really suck-a-row. need to get the eh. Suck-a-row. Sekiro. Oh, I've been sucking at Sekiro, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Uh, And so we'll have some following up on that game because I know Josh and Fish have spent a little more time with it. Um, So that should be interesting for anyone who wants a little bit of a a follow-up there. Couldn't think of a better word than follow-up, so we're going to go with that. Um, But yeah, this week has been a crazy shitstorm, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to turn the shitstorm into gold. That's what they say, right? Turn the shit into gold. Um, we, spun, we spun the. That, that is a weird alchemist. Mm. <laughs> um, It's still my favorite part in Game of Thrones where Tyrion shoots his father in the stomach with the crossbow and is like. <laughs> Despite what people say about the Lannister shitting gold, he did not or something. I, no, oh, yeah, I, I butchered it. I God agree. damn it, I That's butchered it. It was so beautiful. Mm, it's all right. It's a great scene though. Yeah. Because when he beautiful. shoots him with the crossbow, he actually, his bowels just like, you know, splatter out of his. Body, which is a very realistic thing that movies often forget. Like when you die, a lot of times that's what would happen. Your bowels would just, you know, it's the little details. Depending on how you're killed, obviously. That's you know, true. If you die in your sleep, your bowels aren't just going to squirt everywhere, uh, uh, unless you're 90 years old or, or if you just took a shit right before. <laughs> you know, like
1: like yeah, I was actually talking, I was talking about this with a friend yesterday. It's like, or no, it was actually my little brother. He's like, is it true when you die, you're, you're colon release he called it a colon at first and I was like it's a colon buddy but he's like (laughs) (laughs) he's like is it true that it releases everything I was like yeah and he's like really and I was like yeah so you want to make sure you poop before you die and he's like yeah I'll if someone tries to kill me I'll just ask them to wait (laughs) I was like I can imagine that just being like (laughs) sir before you blow my brains out if you want to follow me to the bathroom let me shit
0: real quick and then you can kill me oh man the shit before you die, um, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a cra- it's been a crazy week. I lied. I lied. The shit storm has not been producing gold. It's been producing only shit um, of the best kind. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's get to some intros here. Of the third um, kind is uh, what you should have went for. I like it. I get it though because of you know it's aliens. not it's not a hard one to get. But I'm glad you got it. <laughs> I got it. Ah! Fish didn't get it. Okay, come on. Fuck you, fish. What? No, I did get it. Oh, okay. I love you, Fish. Mm, Thank you. (laughs) He's so defensive. I'm just like calling him out on it. I have no idea if he got it or not. (laughs) Are you calling? Calling? Oh, no. All right, I'm done. Um, But no, in all seriousness, Josh is here, of course. Joshua Fowler, normally from Michigan, but this is special. I will have this on the VIP Instagram page because Josh has a nice little setup in his hotel. So I wanted to give him the introduction first. This is wild, Josh. You set up a little podcasting zone in your hotel.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, gotta 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 get relaxed here for the show. Can't, you know. Well,
0: I was wondering kind of, what you were gonna do. Were you gonna grab like your laptop and go down to the, you know, bar <laughs> at the hotel or something? Like I was when you said you were gonna podcast. I was like, how's he gonna do this? You
2: know? Yeah, yeah. Just I brought all the mic and everything with me. I had to track down a uh, a mic stand actually because I couldn't actually fit a. Even a portable mic stand on the plane as carry on. Um, so they, they just don't like you having, you know, long metal pipes with you on an airplane anymore. <laughs> I wonder why. Um, yeah, that's hmm. weird. So, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, if people describe, is that a fireplace to your left or is that just like a bookshelf or something?
2: Cause mm-hmm. it well, looks- it's, it's like a faux fireplace thing with like a mirror in the, uh, in the opening there.
0: Yeah, it looks very fancy. Very fancy. Mm -hmm. Very fancy looking kind of hotel. So weird vibe, (laughs) you know? And it's kind of weird. Glad you're here, Josh. Of course, nice Hollow Knight shirt, by the way. Who is that? What character is that on your Hollow Knight shirt? Mm. I've never played the game. Oh, it's a... Shay should should have to answer that. You just played Hollow Knight. Who's that on your shirt? It's the Hollow Knight. Oh, that is the Hollow
2: Mm -hmm. Knight? No, not this one. This one's uh, Hornet. Oh yeah, you, whole, know. you didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. I was just fucking with you. Oh, I know. I
0: know who the Hollow Knight is. Come on, the Hollow Knight is An- the Anthony Fisher. He's the one and only Hollow Knight. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. There can <laughs> only be one. That's right. I feel like Fish should be able to relate to that game so hard because it's just. Should I? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just the name. I don't. <laughs> no, I got
3: it. I got it. Just the name. Okay.
0: How do you feel about bugs? Uh, you have to. Say, you have to say a hollow white knight. I, you know, huh. yeah, I like it. I like it. You know, the thing that actually got me curious about the game is I was looking through screenshots and I saw like a dung area. I was like, these dung beetles. And I was actually, like, all right, we'll have to talk like about cool. that more because yeah, well, more
1: later for sure. But yeah, yeah, there's there's a dung part in the game. I'll leave it at that.
0: <laughs> we did it again. More shit talk, man. Yeah. This is we got. We re- that was not even intentional. That was completely the tor- The storm. The storm. The storm has swept. The podcast. The shit storm. Mm -hmm. It has. It's a a violent storm. Uh, But yeah, thanks for being here, Josh. Making it work there in Texas, which is crazy because also in Texas, not too far away is the one and only Filipino Johnny Depp. Anthony Fisher, a.k.a. Fish, if you're nasty, sliding. A- the... A.k.a. The Hollow White Knight. The Hollow White Knight. Um, that's, his, he was, that's his... He was talking about making another Instagram profile this week, so maybe maybe we can use that. The Hollow White Knight. Yeah. I like it. It's Hollow Knight coverage <laughs> and then uh, shirtless shots to show... <laughs> <laughs> well, But it's just like weird angles, like his clavicle. <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like... yeah. We,
1: we don't, don't want to see his, his abs. No one gives a shit about
0: that. Well... Mm. speak for yourself oh, that's true yeah speak for yourself uh fish we glad you're here this week man uh how, how have you been yeah.
3: pretty good pretty good um just taking it easy trying not to uh you know stress myself out too much as far as with my ex and everything but just been working out and uh playing a lot of sakira
0: we got one of those workout photos up on the VIP Instagram. This is for the ladies uh, All Woo! two of them. Woo! <laughs> it was...
1: I
3: thought I did... Oh, it as, there's two of them? I thought there was only one.
1: I did... It as, I think there's like three of them, actually. Three or four,
3: but I'm not sure. Oh, no. Oh, no. Tell you what. Morgan, so what have you been doing started, to my... He's
0: thirst trapped Thirst... I can't talk today. <laughs> thirst-trapped
3: Thirst-trapped.
0: Um but no like in all seriousness our patreon uh vip page if you sign up for it has all sorts of funny inside jokes videos i made a a video for donkey kong country tropical freeze to highlight david wise compositions but didn't get anywhere near as much traction as fish's shirtless photos so i'm a little bit upset about that um but if you go to our Patreon page and you sign up for the VIP, it's a private Instagram account. And I really think I need to do a better job just pumping that because people really seem to enjoy it. And it's a good way to support us. They love when you pump. I had to Pump away. Man, um, I mean, Fish said a lot of crazy stuff to me. this. I had a lot of anxiety this week as we were talking about. Like, oh, man, it's been crazy for me. And Fish was just saying some wild stuff. Like, just out of nowhere. We were just talking about Anthem.
3: It's not that great of a video game. Eh. Something about it, it's just it just feels unfinished. It's the best part. It feels like there's no love made into that game. Yeah, of course, yeah, fuck faces were sitting in front of their computers playing with fucking graphics and shit for hours on end, getting paid twenty-two dollars an hour. But still. There has to be a love there. There has to be a passion. You can't fucking feel it in that fucking game. It fucking feels like it has no goddamn soul to it. Where's its soul, Morgan? I'll tell you where the soul is in fucking Cuphead. It's those little fucking pink thingies. That's the soul in fucking Cuphead. You fucking jump on those motherfuckers. You feel like a fucking animal. You feel alive. I feel like you just bend some bitch over and
0: fuck her. Oh, 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 oh! Uh, we slow that down. Um, I, I love, I love how his all the heart. <laughs> love
2: all what that. did I just hear, Fish? All of a sudden, Fish would like to FaceTime.
1: <laughs> Fish has
0: entered the chat. I love how he reduced Anthem to just a bunch of fuckholes making twenty-two dollars an hour on working on graphics. How dare you? (laughs) We can't even see your face right now, Fish. (laughs) How dare you? That's the sad part. We are robbed of your face. Um, Fish doesn't like Anthem anymore, apparently, because he was railing on it all week. Mm -hmm. Can you believe that? I can. He turned on it. He turned on it. Didn't you, Fish? I did.
3: Yeah.
1: You know, I I think there's a point to be made here that a soulless husk can... Recognize another soulless husk. Oh, that's a
3: good point.
0: Damn it, I didn't think about that. Uh That's
3: true, that's true.
0: One soulless husk can recognize another. Man, maybe he has a good point. Maybe I should, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe everything I thought is all wrong. I think so. The fucked up part of the story is I spent ten dollars to rent that game and he bailed on me and he bailed on me and then I never ended up playing it and then I forgot I had it because I'm an idiot. And they ended up calling me, and I ended up charged like, $15 or $20, and I was just like, fuck, man, can I just buy this game at some point? Because I've already spent, like, $20 on this goddamn thing. My friend wouldn't play it with me. <laughs> That's a part of the call. My friend wouldn't play it with me. <laughs> oh, man. You fucking pathetic loser. No, the best part was that Fish said to voice. It wasn't the funniest voice message I thought I had. He told me that he had to go to bed that night, uh, but he actually stayed up playing Apex Legends. He admitted it to me. He admitted his crime. <laughs> Which I appreciate. I mm-hmm. like it when someone admits to their crime. Sure. But he has stuck with you through Super Smash. You gotta give him credit for that. He, yeah, only because he just. It's like a. Just give him some credit. Just give him
1: some credit.
0: <laughs> give him a little credit. Uh, thanks for being here, Fish. You get credit this week. Thanks. Fuck. I'm
3: Glad to don't, be here. Don't spend it credit. all in
0: one place. <laughs> partially tearing you down, partially exposing your fine tuned body on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shay Layton yep. is here from Japan once again in my closet slash studio, which is pretty wild because they're both in Texas and we're both in Montana, which right. is very rare.
1: It is very rare. Yeah,
2: it's awesome. Like, sadly, yeah. we you haven't know, got uh, to... Go ahead. M- m- yeah, and one of my favorite parts about this is, Fish doesn't know this, but I'm also in his closet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're going to start <laughs> call, <laughs> We're going to call him Fez the rest what of the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, no. Jesus. But, no, I haven't, got, I haven't gotten to see you at all this week because you've been busy and I've been busy with my family. And, I like, I had to go through shit. Like, I had to renew my driver's license because I let it expire. I had to call the IRS because I, my dumb ass filed taxes for the wrong year. I duplicated a year, so I had to get that fixed. I had to, like, get student loan shit squared away. Well, I, I've just been doing a bunch of shit while I've been here, so... Not mm. fun shit No no. I, I like how it fucked mm. up
0: your schedule Like you had like the ja- the Your Japan schedule So like you couldn't sleep And you ended up playing all these games dude. Like Hollow Knight till like four, four I, I'm not kidding dude The
1: second night I was here I think I said it last week I was up till 8am Cause I couldn't sleep So I was playing Shovel Knight Hollow Knight I was beating Wargroove I was playing all these games man that's
0: what made me think of the poll that I did with Hollow Knight vs
1: Shovel Knight. Yeah, because <laughs> I was just mm-hmm. like, I don't know why I had the knights on the brain. No, well, I like I was playing Hollow Knight, and then Josh, like an asshole, decided to play his game, so I didn't get to play his library. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I got to play something. So I was like, I just, I just went back to uh, Shovel Knight, and I was playing as the Spe- Specter Knight, which I haven't done yet. And
4: mm-hmm. He has such they a different. Need to feel. Go through
1: that campaign. It looks yeah. really good. It's good. It's to control him is so much different, and it
0: warrants playing the game again. so mm. But that's
1: something we can talk about later, of course.
0: Yeah. I, I need to give that game a shot when I get in the right headspace for it. Uh, this is General Mountain Time, of course, from Montana, sitting next to Shea in my closet. The studio. We'll come out of it later. Studio <laughs> studio grade falls. Um, but yeah, no, it's been a... Dude, it's been a rough day for me. As you know, I've been in the bathroom about 18 times. <laughs> like, I this week, because I, I left my one job, and I'm going to be like a stay-at-home dad and my sister's going to pay me to watch her daughter but I also have a kid on the way and I guess things are stacking up because like I I had like a resurgence of like my old anxiety kind of stuff and my oh my god and I was just stuck at work for all fucking week too and it just I'll tell you the the crazy thing about anxiety that I think people can relate to because I always have people messaging me about uh, anxiety and how it affects everyone differently is that like for me it kind of feels like you're afraid all the time. But, like, like remember when you were, like, uh, let's say you had to give a presentation in class and, like, your throat was tightening and you were sweating and your feet were tingling and you were all nervous? It's kind of like that all the time. Man, that sucks. And it's it's just distracting. But then you get so frustrated that you're distracted. Like, I sat down to play Donkey Kong or whatever, and I couldn't focus because it was distracting. And I started to get irritated. And then I was like, how long is this going to go on? And and you feel like it's going to go on forever even though it's not. It's it's in your head. Mm-hmm. And, one of the biggest things about anxiety I learned was that it deals with time, like how people view time. They view that they're going to be trapped in this cycle forever, when this is not always the case. Um, yeah, but it can feel that way. And it's rough. But this has helped. This has been a good... Like, I got so hyped when we were playing Smash Bros. for the podcast. I was actually... It was good anxiety. It was just excitement, right? But it was, like, doubling on top of my already anxiety. And I was like... I was on <laughs> shame. Like, my my chest was on fire. I was like, oh, my God. <sighs>
1: Man, I just got angry. I didn't get anxious. I just got angry.
0: Well, I don't, yeah. You, we. Don't, if we play enough, you don't get angry anymore. Like, you just want to have a good match, you know? It's not really always I just want one. to win one fucking time. Well, you will. You'll get there, Pat. Someday. We'll get there. Someday. Um, so this is going to be a good distraction, and I'm always curious to hear about how people deal with those sorts of things, which is weird because you were talking about, when, uh, about nostalgia. I don't know where this came from, Shay. Sometimes we, you know, we always like to give each other opportunity to come up with topics for the shows and be open, but this one like really came out of left field, and so that's why I was going to throw it to you to introduce it because I don't understand where this came from or why or what.
1: Well, I, so you know you'd thrown to us like what what are we going to talk about this week and I was like I don't really want to talk about anything too serious you know I want to do something really fun this week and so I was trying to think of a system that has impacted us all that we've all played multiple games from um, and PlayStation 1 we've talked about that a lot in recent history because of the PlayStation 1 Classic mm-hmm. and other things so I was like well we got to think about something else and I know you guys have all dabbled a little bit in the Sega Genesis, but like pretty much, that's me. Like That's my thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, The N64, some people played more than others, so I was trying to think about all these different gaming systems, and I was like, well, everyone here, I know, all four of us have really fond different memories of the SNES. So I was like, that's a really easy gaming system to talk about. And so I started it, like, at first it was just kind of silly. It was going to be like, what's our favorite game from that that system, but then I thought about it a little bit more. I was thinking, like, well, I feel like there's probably a game for each one of us from that system that has kind of shaped our gaming behavior and what we choose to play. Because I was thinking about it, and my choice actually um, it has actually really impacted what games I play now and the games I've played throughout the years. So. That that to me it became it it started as a really silly just like uh, layup type of uh, conversation and it ended up
0: becoming a little bit more serious in a way. So you just want to discuss happy things, happy memories of Super Nintendo, effects it had on us, pretty much anything we want. There's no rule. It doesn't sound like
1: I kind of I kind of think we should just do like we could we could start out doing like one game that impacted okay our gaming behavior and choices from then on like what games we played and stuff like that and then kind of take it into the more happy okay
0: well I'll throw free-fall. it around first because mine will be a layup that leads into the polls um Josh how about you over there in ho- oh, I was going to say Hotel California but that's
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hotel Oh uh, that's tough like um, trying to narrow it down to a single game um hmm. just pick two then you could do two I mean, if I had to go with two, it, it's probably Super Metroid, just because like that—that that was base—that was the first Metroidvania that I played. It was like you know the first one, and obviously it has affected a lot of people. A lot of people who make games, as far as like what they, you know, like they seem to latch onto that whole exploration thing a ton in that game. Um, Um, and yeah, like just, I I absolutely love Super Metroid. Like I've, I've gone back and played through that game. I don't know how many times, um, but it wasn't like the first Super Nintendo game. I mean, not, not counting games at like friends houses or something like that, which obviously was going to be, you know, like Mario or Mario Kart or something like that. But like, as far as like the first game that I sat down and played on the Super Nintendo, it was jrpgs like cuz i really really got sucked into jrpgs on the uh, snes um with the first one being final fantasy V, which is kind of one of the most overlooked final fantasy games like there's not a lot of not a lot of love for 5 out no, there no i n- uh, never hear a single person talk about that game
1: to be honest with you.
2: yeah <laughs> but it's it's like it's I've always really enjoyed the game because it was kind of one of the last ones to really try the whole keep a small party through the whole game so you're not like picking characters and kind of getting, you know, a vast um, like the individual characters was just like a really small tight-knit party thing which, which I really enjoyed and five, like I'm trying to think like even just the vibes of five are really different because it's still like one of the really high fantasy ones before they kind of started doing a bunch of technology and trying to like, really change stuff. Cause it was like one through five were really that, that old school, you know, fantasy style that um was really popular when the the whole jrpg genre started to take off and i feel like that was kind of like one of the last hurrahs in that you know in that vein of game and it was really good but i think because people were tired of it at that point i mean that was basically nobody's first final fantasy game like it just kind of just happened that it was mine and so i've got a lot of love for it that uh i don't think anyone else really does (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's true. It's weird how sometimes you just kind of luck into those first experiences accidentally. You
2: yeah, know? Mm-hmm. absolutely.
0: That
1: I makes know. sense. I know I know. this is like a very generic statement, but a lot of the games I think you end up really liking, Josh, end up being these kind of high fantasy type of games. You look at uh, CrossCode that came out last year, even though mm-hmm. there's some rooting and technology in that, but it predominantly that game has a lot of fantasy in it, you know, and... I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of the games you've really kind of clung to have been more in that fantasy realm. So that kind of makes sense knowing you.
0: Yeah. yeah. it's. I, did, did you mention a link to the past? I thought for sure that's what you were going to say.
2: Well, I, there are a lot of other games that I think are better, but like as far as ones that I kind of feel like just really kind of uniquely defined me a little bit more like, yeah. Because I, I absolutely love A Link to the Past. It's one of my favorites. And I probably enjoy Final Fantasy VI more than V. But as far as just, like, kind of what really got me into it, um, it was Final Fantasy V, and so I just kind of, you know. It's your first love. You always remember yeah. your first love. You do? Mm-hmm. Even, even after... Yeah, well, even, and even, you know, Chrono Trigger as well, like, as far as, like, unbelievably amazing Yes, yeah. yes, but yeah,
0: that's a good one. It's a good one. Cool. I think that's a good peek into your brain there. Uh, I slipped a really dark joke in there. Yeah, uh, no, fi- <laughs> I was trying to. <laughs> you can't. You try to keep his composure. <laughs> you did better than me. Uh, uh, fish. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to try and guess that you were going to say Super
3: Metroid. Um that's one of them. Like Josh said, like that was my definitely my first type of game where it was a Metroidvania type of game. Mm. Um back before Metroidvania was actually, you know, a word that or yeah. a way to describe those types of games. Um and it was just something different. Like I remember I di- I didn't own it. I was playing it at a friend's house and we stayed up till late into we would have a sleepover. Oh, we heard
0: about this friend. This is the Pop Rocks kid, right? <laughs>
3: That's <laughs> it. i forgot about that is it remember it's- that story
0: oh man that's dark i don't even remember um i'll let it go i won't but- bring it up but if you if you did back in our old podcast find the pop rock story that'll make you a superstar hardcore
3: yeah for sure i won't
0: bring it up again
3: anyways yeah i uh yeah i just remember playing that up until like two in the morning and like i usually don't stay up that late and i was like 10 years old and i just felt like it was just this weird vibe you know sitting in a friend's room like i i hang out over at his place and his apartment was like right down the hall from my apartment um so it, it was pretty nice to just mosey on over to his place and see if he was over there if he wanted to hang out and stuff like that but um yeah i just had fond memories of playing that late into the night with him we would pass back the controller back and forth like we would one of us would like ask the other hey check out that little area and find those little secrets in and, and whatnot and that that game has like such a like, weird lonely vibe that like mm-hmm. playing it as single player like it definitely like heighten it heightens that type of uh feeling that you get from it um but playing with two people like it feels like you're more equipped to like deal with the enemies and like the different situations in that game so it it wasn't too scary but Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not truly a scary game. It's just, like, this weird, well, ominous feeling yeah, to that game. Yeah, it's
0: creepy. It's cre- like, I remember playing it as a kid, too, and thinking it was pretty creepy. Because, like, the weird thing about that place in time was that was about as an adult as you can make a video game feel on, like, a console. Like, I I don't mm-hmm. really have a good context for the, where the PC space was at the time. But, like, when you think about, like, a Super Nintendo, like, with the, the dark sort of um, electronic... Uh, creepy space opera music the tone of the game science fiction it was basically the closest you had as a kid to sort of uh like a science fiction film or something like that in a video game format um mm-hmm. and there wasn't like most games that we were playing on that system i would say were pretty bright and cheery or plucky or whimsical you yeah. know what i mean so uh it stuck out in that way at least for me too so i know what you're saying mm-hmm like yeah. you, you wouldn't consider it a horror game but there was elements of horror to it.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um yeah. yeah, and that was a lot of fun. Um I eventually went out and bought that game for myself um because I don't think it, his his dad was just a stickler about letting people borrow games. He was like, "No, that game's too <laughs> new. You can't borrow it." I was like, "Ah, oh, god damn it." But um yeah. Um <laughs> Well, another, he, game that I, another game that I really wanted I like to borrow I like this grudge, He
0: held this grudge for 30 years <laughs> And my friend's dad wouldn't let me borrow this fucking game <laughs> I wouldn't let my fucking uh, daughter's friends borrow my daughter's shit either
3: Yeah, yeah, hmm. but yeah, that's true yeah, those, those games were pretty expensive actually so. I'd imagine he was just like, yeah I spent quite a bit, few dollars on He's this to has been angry for all the this kid. time
2: And then $60 went a lot further oh, back then <laughs> that thing yeah. was friggin' expensive back in the day. Plus, you, plus now.
0: you ruined uh-huh. the last cartridge you had with all those pop rocks. So mm-hmm. <laughs> they yeah. got right in the little, the little, the little filter. The cartridge <laughs> filter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish more people knew the pop rock story. What's your other one, Fish?
3: Um, it, it's kind of a toss up between Super Mario World, um. I'll just briefly hit that one. Uh that game um just, that was really my first like platformer game that I really went through and beat. Um like I played the previous Marios but uh on the NES but uh something about that Super Mario World game that it, it clicked with me. Like it, the graphics were updated for the Super NES and it, it was just a lot more bright and cheery and I felt like that's that's the Mario that I kind of grew up with. Um uh, but uh, the the one thing that from Super NES that just stands out to me as unique was the Super Scope Six. Uh, I knew you were gonna and bring up
0: that damn Super Scope. He always... I, I,
3: I know a lot of people didn't play around with it, that thing, uh, but like. One day my dad just showed up with that thing and gave it to me. And I was just like, whoa, what the fuck is this? This is fucking awesome. <laughs> and, like, I played, you know, Duck Hunt and everything with the NES. But that was over at Cousin's house. So, like, I wasn't in, like, the comfort of my own house. And, like, I got super serious with that thing. Like, I felt like I was, like, a big kid carrying this big old bazooka on my shoulder and playing a game <laughs> like... Uh, uh, I mean, I was only eight years old, but, like, I felt like it was just something brand new that was just... What was the game oh, that you could play? Gaming.
0: What, what games were using the Super... the Super uh, Scope? Do you remember um, what you had that it, you played the most?
3: Uh, Battle Clash, which was that mech game. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. That'd and that was, cool. like, one of the first games, actually, where I... I went around and played that game and like after I went through that whole campaign I was just like it's just so much fun just you know shooting I mean there's only like two different attacks that you had which was like a machine gun type of attack and uh, a big bomb attack that you could do against the enemies but the enemies would just like slide left to right on the screen and you would kind of like follow them with your um, crosshairs on the super scope and Like that thing was pinpoint accurate and that you're you're also able to uh, adjust, you know, uh, where just to make sure it's pinpoint and like, I would always be a stickler to make sure (laughs) that I was right on point and i would go through that game and I would speed run that thing. And if it was like one of the first, first games that I played where like I pride myself on speed running through it and, um, I don't think it unlocked anything special, but like it just knowing that like I could go through all the bosses without dying and uh, getting to the very end and uh, that's actually pretty cool. I'm looking
0: at it right now, it kind of explains your, you know, of course the Asian on the podcast is in love with mechs. Am I right?
3: Mm -hmm. Oh man, I was living in Japan. Come on.
0: Oh, Gundam and everything. I forgot about that. That's no wonder it, man. It does look yeah. weird. It looks like a boss-run mech game or so I know it's... Yes. is that Yeah, what it is? it's okay. just
3: boss after boss after boss. Yeah, there was no, like, little... Yeah, there was no campaign where you were going through, like, small levels or anything like that. But, um, yeah, that game was super fucking fun. Um, and, like, that was, like, also my first time really playing with a different peripheral from Nintendo. Like, Nintendo's always had a thing for, like, coming up with weird, like... Peripherals for their systems and um, that was like one of their like besides the light gun from the NES like that one like was just felt like a something just brand new from it to like you don't see it from uh, all the other consoles that were out at that time or there, there wasn't that many consoles actually at that time uh, other than you know PC gaming and uh, Sega Genesis and I don't think Genesis had anything of that sort but I could be wrong. I, I never played with the hmm. Sega Genesis. Um, I don't
2: remember a light gun for that system, but it's yeah. been so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: that's cool.
0: That's You always bring that up, but I feel like I got more information on that this time than whenever you talked about it uh, back oh. in the day. So
3: um, You actually looked up stuff on it. I did, yeah. Instead I of a just picture. being there. Yeah. You know.
0: yeah.
3: Well, thanks a lot. Thanks for looking it up and knowing what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm investing. I'm investing in your story. Right on the podcast, though, that's kind of unprofessional. What
0: unprofessional? <laughs> we talk about shit and micro penises.
3: Uh, oh, that's true.
0: Okay.
4: I was just Carry trying. On.
0: I'm just trying to get context for what the hell. I mean, you're going to talk about this game. I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. But as soon as I looked at it, I was like, you know, it looks like a boss run. I can see the mechs. Um, it's hard to visualize a lot of Super Scope games for me because I didn't know anyone that had one. I don't know a lot of people that talk about it. It's just, it's just, like, one of those weird things right. of, you know... I feel like people listening are going to be like, I have no fucking idea,
3: you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, yeah it, also, it also came with, like, a mini game cartridge called the Super Scope 6, which had, like, a bunch of six different mini games in it. And one was, like, shooting down missiles in, like, this desert. It was like, shoot... The missiles would come in from the right and you have to shoot as many missiles. <laughs> it was kind of like, oh, you know what? That's when I got, like, real addicted to um the light gate light guns over in arcades like Mm. i I don't know if you guys know about the point blank series that was probably blank Hmm. yeah yeah. i i I think it's called point blank Mm, but it it just had like a bunch of uh... okay go ahead i'll I'll find out what it is it's an arcade game um but like it was one of those really fun arcadey type of uh light gun games um of course, also, like, Jurassic War, yeah, uh, Jurassic Blank. Park.
0: Yeah, it was called Point Blank, yeah?
3: Yeah. Yeah, it had, like, a cartoony type of feel to it, but the shooting in that game was so spot on. At least the one that I played, the, the arcade machine that I played at my arcade, uh, it, it just felt, like, so natural, like, shooting at the screen with that thing. Like, I just, at a point, like, I felt like I was, like, a gunslinger as an eight-year-old, you know, just <laughs> <laughs> had a gun and just shooting at the screen. But, um... Yeah, that kind of opened up my my love. Uh, The Super Scope also kind of, you know, opened up my love for um, the arcade light gun games. Like, every time I saw one of those types of games, like, I would just mosey on over there and Curiosity would get the best of me and I would stick my quarters in there. Mm -hmm. I
0: like that metaphor.
3: Um, That's cool. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I know you might think there wasn't one there, but I'm telling you there was. Uh, <laughs> that's cool.
3: Yeah, well, let's I, just end it.
0: I, I, so Super Metro was one of mine too, but you guys have already covered everything on it. I will say the only funny story I have is that I used to record VHS recordings. Of me playing that game. Like being the bosses. Like and I thought that people cared. Like my dad like, Dad, look at this. I recorded myself <laughs> being the boss. And they were like so sloppy too. Like I was getting my ass kicked. But I just thought it was so cool and epic and cinematic that I had to VHS record it and I would label it, mm-hmm. all the bosses. That was back when people VHS recorded um component games, you know? Which Yeah.
3: <laughs> and porn off the <laughs> T V.
0: Scramble porn. Yeah, you fish did that. Uh. And they would unscramble for five seconds, but if he froze if he paused it and did slow motion, that five seconds became thirty seconds, which was all he yeah, needed. That's all he needed. <laughs> <laughs> That never happened. <laughs> I was going to say he's laughing because it's true. Um, of course, my big one is one of the poll questions, which would be Donkey Kong Country. Uh, mm-hmm. Josh actually mentioned this last week, so I thought I would put it up as a poll because we were kind of joking. I wonder if people like the first one or the second one more because they both get a lot of like mutual love and appeal. Uh, and it came back about 60-40 for uh, the first Donkey Kong Country, which I think, uh, upon reflection, makes sense. right. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you had 40% like that hardcore. Like, the thing with Donkey Kong Country 2 that people don't remember, um, or maybe their memories are a little fuzzy, is that that game was really fucking hard. And yeah. in a good way, but it actually required you had to have like tokens to even save your game, which was fucking wild. Um, yeah.
2: Steep. Yeah, and it, it had some unuser friendly stuff in there, but like, yeah.
0: And and I think to really appreciate it, it helped to play the first one too, like because it literally started exactly where the first one ended. You it took those game mechanics and immediately expanded upon them. And as someone, I think I always tell people, I think they're both. Uh, I think the first one is a masterpiece, but I consider the second one a classic. And my only distinction there is that the second one really needed the first one to lay the, the foundation, you know. And you can't erase that. But if someone told me that they thought the second one was like their favorite. Super NES game or one of their favorite platformers ever, I would not blink an eye. I'd be like, I totally get it because that game is fucking incredible. That actually maybe we
1: can do this as a question in the future that kind of opens up a really interesting question. Can something be considered a classic if it has to stand on the shoulders of like a previous iteration, like saying if Crash Bandicoot yeah. 3 was a master or it was a classic, but it had to stand on top of Crash Bandicoot 1 and 2? That'd be, like, an interesting, like, fun debate we could have in the future podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay,
0: so I won't get into it now because I was so tempted to. <laughs> you yep. me in.
1: Yeah, Oh, I come
3: in, Hansel and Gretel. I've got food for you.
0: Um, that's the only... Th- I had a really fucked up one, but I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair um, enough. But, no. Anyway, so the point is that they're both incredible games, and but there's a lot of love for 2 because it's so brutal. I always tell Fish, if he finishes Tropical Freeze cross the fingers that ever happens play the first one and then if he beats the second one I want to have our friend Sector 7 make like a trophy a golden banana trophy <laughs> because that game is fucking hard Far, hard
1: as fuck even for me that's going to be hard for Fish if he br- brings a girl home and he has this very phallic trophy just sitting there <laughs> just guess, guess what uh, that's for
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: who's the donkey
1: that could come?
3: be a good thing
0: <laughs> yeah, right. You know, they, they know what they're getting into. You know, well, they'll know that before they go yeah. back to Fisher's house. And, you know, and and as things
2: she things. leaves the next morning, she goes, "That's not what it was for." <laughs> <laughs> it's a well, man. I really want to take. This. Yeah, I, I want to take it further too, but I'm going to stop.
1: <laughs> I was
0: thinking in my head like really, really weird images, and we're going to stop. Well, he mounted it on the wall. Uh, strangely, uh, facing into uh, the room, she made it with it like fake, so fake gold, gold on the floor. pieces.
1: <laughs> I know with fake <laughs> gold pieces and so these
0: fake gold pl- pieces are flaking off the trophy. Yeah. Just... Oh no. Well, it's like a suction, like those suction cup dildos. You know? <laughs> um, suction cup trophy. Well, oh, the banana it depends on how you f- you make the banana trophy because if the banana is going upward, you'd mount it she's, to the ground. Like she's, she's, she's just going to
1: quote Beverly Hills Cop: "I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe." <laughs>
0: how do you know that it's one of my favorite movies (laughs) (laughs) it's so fucking random um but yeah so oh god fucking christ (laughs) what the fuck did you um but I there was an interesting article that I think people should check out if they're interested in the series and if not it's not a huge deal but for some reason that's the only super nintendo game that really sticks with me to this day I haven't really played super Metroid in a long time so it might but And I think it's just because it looks very different and the, the soundtrack has always stuck with me. It's just a personal thing. I'm not saying it's like the best thing ever. Just for me, it's the only one I keep going back to um, because it just looks weird, like nothing looks like it. And the reason why is because there's an article by Jeremy Parrish that I've cited before, but it's really interesting. It's called Donkey Kong Country Gaming's Biggest Bluff. And it said 20 years ago, Nintendo faced the threat of obs- um, obsolescence. obsolescence. That's weird <laughs> word. I've heard of I've heard of something being obsolete, but obsolescence—that's that's cool. Yeah. Maybe sound—it just caught me in my tracks there. Um, they faced obsolescence wow. with sheer bravado. <laughs> Go ahead, Josh.
2: Your tracks are quite a bit slower these days. They are, yeah. especially with all this anxiety. I'm like, oh no,
0: my brain—can I say normal words? Um, yeah. But the 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 gist of the article is about how technology had moved past because it was a 1994 and uh, this is like one quick brief thing and then we can move on but I think it's really important to why I think that game looks and it is so unique for that period of time. Um, and I really respect Jeremy Parrish as well. He actually works at Polygon now. But technology marches ever onward and while the year's system may trump the competition with its jaw-dropping power, next year it'll be nothing more than a dusty relic. So it went for Nintendo whose Super NES offered the slickest graphics and most convincing audio of the 16-bit era right up until the point at which it didn't. By 1994, a mere three years after the console's American debut, the Super NES had grown long in the tooth, and enthusiasm began to wane. All throughout the 16-bit era, Nintendo had managed to fend off threats to the monopoly it built in the 80s with great software and some ruthless business decisions. Sega made headway with the Genesis, but even that juggernaut couldn't quite dethrone Nintendo as the industry's biggest player. The looming specter of Sony's PlayStation, however, painted a different picture. Its awe-inspiring 3D capabilities were a far cry from the clunky visuals produced by limp um, (laughs) competitors like the Atari Jaguar and the 3DO. And even early glimpses of the likes of Ridge Racer absolutely shame the meager polygons that Nintendo's uh, FX chip produced. Um, unfortunately, Nintendo's own Super NES successor, the Ultra 64, that's what they were calling it at the time, was Nintendo 64, was still a year away um, from prime time. And all the company had to combat the promise of the PlayStation and the Sega Saturn was an aging console and an increasingly expensive add-on chips that couldn't begin to measure up to what the competition had in store. So Nintendo, a company that got its start as, playing, uh, as a playing card manufacturer, weird, I didn't know that, did what any card player would do with its losing hand. It bluffed. And that bluff came in the form of Donkey Kong Country. Um, and basically it talks about how they used the... Unique visual style to make it a—it blew everything out of the water, even on the PlayStation at the time. But it was an—it was sort of an illusion. The art direction was kind of an illusion how they used it, and I always thought that was really interesting. Um, and I don't want to sit here reading the whole podcast because I know that you can read forever, doesn't that great? But. Um, <laughs> That article is fasting. people should read it, but I, that's why that game is so distinctive to me, and the music is still just absolutely incredible. Like, it just holds up to me to this day. So those are the big ones for me, Super Metroid and Donkey Kong Country. That
1: makes sense, considering you now, because, like, you're you're very big into visuals. That game yeah, is am. predicated on being big in visuals, whether or not it appears as such, truly, or if it is a... Um, The appearance of such, but it's not actually updated. Yeah, I think having a great art style is still a technical achievement in itself. I I think it makes sense as to why you somehow thought Red Dead 2 was more visually arresting than Uncharted 4.
0: Well, you know, I wasn't the only one. Our Instagram community also <laughs> voted with me
1: on that. So. I, I thought you were going to react harsher. No, Josh, no. See, I'm I was a new watching, man. Uh, you are a new man. Josh, Josh was over there grinning. He knew it was happening the whole time. He saw it me alluding to I him, could but. see him reeling, just reeling yeah, yeah, it in. Yeah, yeah, just baited breath.
0: <laughs> no, I think you had it. you had a, you had a really good point right up yeah, until yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the a last joke. thing you said. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, a joke, yeah. but in
1: all seriousness, yeah, it, it makes sense. Like, that's the thing, like, considering all of your guys' choices, they all fit you so well, and that's why I wanted to do this, like, specific part of the topic is because, like, that gives me an insight to, like, why you guys pick the games you guys do, and now it gives all of our listeners it's true. Yeah.
0: It's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's interesting to think about. Yeah. And Did you delve into yours really? Because you started No, no. And
1: then arm. I'm going to right now because this is going to make so much sense for you guys. I actually wanted to go last. So if you mind the indulgence, give me a quick minute to tell you a very short story. Um I remember I used to hang out with this kid named Jason in elementary school and I stayed the night at his house like two nights ever. And he invited me over, and so I stayed. Uh, we were going to play video games, and I was like, well, what are we going to play? And he's like, well, I have an SNES, and I was like, cool, I don't really know what games are on that. And he's like, let's play this game. And I had no idea what it is, but it was called Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Oh, here we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, we played that game the first time I stayed the night, and I was amazed by how fun that game was how silly it was the music was catchy Mm -hmm. everything about that game reeled me in like it's fast paced and frenetic Um, there's a lot of like not quite looting but like you have to constantly refill your ammo or your power ups and stuff like that you go to each level which is vastly different different than another level and it just had so much comedy infused in it and sometimes it was direct, and sometimes it was more kind of like um, experience-based com- comedy. You know, like there's a level where you have to fight giant babies. That's funny if you're a seven-year-old, <laughs> uh, you know. and <laughs> or like
0: Catherine, there's a giant baby that chases you. Right.
1: Yeah. Oh, and then there's some like in, like more experience-based ones where you know you um, you're running around. You're going to save one of the characters in the game. And a guy with a chainsaw just kills him, and the scream that the dying character emits is hilarious. And that's something like whether or not you save those characters, you're gonna whether is whether or not you're gonna hear that. So um, I remember playing that game at his house, and then going back to his house later down the road, and I was like, "Dude, we gotta play that game again!" Like I've been fiending for months. Like I gotta <laughs> play this game, and. Um, yeah, it's, I think that's really, it's dictated my love for zombie games, and um, definitely mm. dictated my love for shooters, because I have liked a lot of shooters back in my day, and I, I went so far, you what, know, like, I... What I'm, was the,
0: I don't mean to interrupt you, what was the, I'm looking to try to see what the gameplay was actually, because like you're describing like, it's, the it's game like, well, but I don't understand what kind of top game... It's a top-down shooter Okay, game. so isometric. Yeah, isometric, yeah. Um, let's see, and it's just sort of like a frenetic... Okay. Yeah, like this isn't like Yeah, that's not the game. That's just yeah, 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 that's Okay, a- so it looks sort of like basically like a Zelda game if it was em- if there was an emphasis on guns. Yeah, stuff. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and you're just like neighborhood children
1: fighting off a zombie infestation. Kind of. Oh, so it's like an, it's mm-hmm. like you just the environments are like people's backyards and people's. Know, it, it gets oh. a lot more yeah. intricate like the, than the, the that. The first couple levels are like yeah, you, know, you, you go into a shopping a mall, you end up in Egypt killing mummies. Like this is a chainsaw hedge made. So
0: basically, it was Dead Rising uh, in 1993.
1: <laughs> yeah, kind of mm-hmm. in a way. So uh, I ended up buying a SNES later in my life just to get this game, and then <laughs> um, I found out that the game released on Sega Genesis, and you guys know. Of my love for Sega Genesis, so I ended up getting rid of the SNES. To you know, like de- you should de- totally get this shirt. I zombies. need to get that shirt. I didn't even know <laughs> zombies ate my neighbor's shirt. Yes, probably can't I, see. I well. didn't even know they had that. How much is it? <laughs> $20? Twenty dollars, twenty dollars, baby. probably to have to get that when I get back to Japan. But mm-hmm. um, who's I, the busty woman? Though she's one of the characters you play. Mm-hmm. Um, He's
0: wearing 3D glasses. <laughs> yeah, it's like just shit. Yeah, like that, it's so dude. crazy. That's it's
1: very, funny. it's a very 90s game too.
0: Well, but, the cover always stuck with me as a kid because I saw it in the store. And if you look at the cover for that game, it looks nothing like the actual game. No, not at all. It looks horrifying. It looks, yeah, it looks like a real, like almost like yeah. a Twilight Zone kind of a.
1: Yeah, but. Uh this game this game is a game that I have loved throughout the years. I think about it still from time to time and it's really dictated a lot of games I I've, played, I've mm-hmm. played subsequently. What's the
0: music like? Do you remember the music?
1: Anything yeah, it's like doo 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 do Yeah, I, I remember the music very, very well. <laughs> I wonder how it was received at the time, like, if it was considered... um, it, You know, like, it was, re- it was regarded pretty highly. Uh, they ended up re- releasing a sequel, but it wasn't developed by them. For Zombies Ate the My time. Friends? Yeah, something like that. If if not, you can get that on the App Store. Ooh. Yeah. And then I, I talked about this, actually, when we first started <laughs> a podcast. I don't know if you guys remember this, but they ended up developing another game uh, called Herc's Adventures, which I actually played for some of the earliest episodes of... This podcast and that was really, really. That sad was the same company. Oh, it was the same wow. company. Yeah. I think it was Guerrilla Games, if
0: I remember correctly. I can find out. Yeah, but they've they've since gone under. Unfortunately. No, that's sad. But that's the thing. My my dad loves this. This is a random aside, but I think it's interesting. My dad he plays games occasionally, but he loves this game they made for the PlayStation. It's a strategy game. I just sent it to Josh sometime for his critical opinion. It's called Warzone Twenty One Hundred. I've heard of that. Yeah. And it's it hmm. was basically like what you consider a C level strategy game. Um, in the PlayStation era. I'm not even kidding you. But it has so much customization in it, my dad plays that game to this day. And you know what the biggest, the saddest thing is? My dad's favorite game will never have a sequel because that company ended up going down. They were a small company. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it sucks because most people's favorite game is something big. You know, like, like, oh, Zelda. Well, you get like 15 of those. You know? And it sucks. Destiny, like, you get... One of those,
2: yeah, because we don't yeah.
0: regard the second one as an actual game. Oh, no.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Give them a few more years, and they may be back up to uh, yeah, a full a full yeah. release. Hey, you
1: know, I, I mean, actually, I don't endorse this talk. <laughs> well, I mean, I hope Josh means it in sincerity because, like, I would actually like to get into why you guys like
0: this game so much. Yeah, uh, I don't know. If, let's start with the first one, maybe. Maybe we we started you wrong by starting with the second one. So mm-hmm. yeah, maybe that's what happened. I can't actually find gameplay from Zombies Eight, my friends. So it looks like it's I, just garbage. this isn't this isn't it. No, no it's, and this is just like a, a mobile shitty game. mobile, but garbage.
1: Yeah, it, it was a really good game at the time. Um, I still think it's a fun game to play now. It was a two player game, which uh, most you know SNES games were. So it just him and I would play it together. It was a really fun game, and then I ended up getting it for myself
0: as I got older. So mm-hmm. I think the thing I missed the most about that era was just like. When you walked into a game store, and it's not... It's being a kid, too, right? But also, like, at where we were in the 90s, as far as, like, game culture was. Like, walking into a game store, like, what it looked like, what it smelled like, what it felt like, when technology what was What it still tasted budding. like? Oh, yeah, I licked the counters. It was still budding, you know? It was a budding technology. And mm-hmm. there was so much excitement and enthusiasm. There, and, like,
1: there was. There was not really expectations. There was just... What new thing is going to come out? And then when you go to those game stores, and that's part as a kid, you know, like we're not jaded and, you know, exposed to everything, but you could walk into a gaming store with a buddy and be like, oh, dude, let's rent this game tonight. Like when you're having a sleepover and just play couch co-op. I miss mm-hmm. that. Like, I mean, I mean, not like the sleepover aspect per say, <laughs> but like, it's more like you pop it in with a, like a buddy or a significant other and you just pop into a game store and you're like, oh man, what game should we play tonight? and then you just do but that. But what's stopping you from doing it? Because there's like two couch co-op games on each system they, now. But they, but they exist, I'm telling you. They exist, but they're so far... Did you from...
0: hear that your Left 4 Dead sequel is finally coming? Yeah, it's coming as it's a different called, game. It's called Back 4 Blood. Yeah, I saw face- that. Yeah. I saw it on I'll very... do a poll
1: now. We can talk about it next week. Yeah, let's talk about it next uh...
0: week.
1: Because we can wrap up. I mean, we can pretty much wrap yeah, up
0: this yeah. talk. I, that was my closing thought was just I think about fondly about like this walking into those stores and like seeing the posters and the games and the smells and like. Yes, part of it's because you're a kid and everything's a little more wonder. There's more wonderment. Part of it's also where we were technology-wise in the 90s. Yeah. It, was, it was such a fascinating time. It was so much transition. The mm-hmm. PlayStation came out in the fucking 90s, you know? Like, that's crazy. Like, you don't even yeah. think about it like that. But
1: Yeah, it was such a big technology boom for us that, like, we weren't jaded to, like, you know, oh, there's a new phone. Oh, there's a new TV. It was like, what's coming next? Yeah. But yeah. now I think we're kind of
2: desensitized a little bit to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that, like, we went from um, text adventures to to VR games in in our lifetime, which is insane. It is insane. Yeah, like, Mm -hmm. we went from cell phones that
1: had to be plugged into your wall to cell phones that you take (laughs) anywhere, and they operate as
0: computers. (laughs) And then, eventually, we'll have VR text adventures. And then what? Hmm. It's snakes eating its own tail at that point. You know, we are. I agree with you. We are kind of desensitized, and that's why I think I get so enamored with some things like Red Dead Redemption too, because it's like I get excited for those games that are around, like they're worked on for like five to ten years. You know, yeah. um, and i have tell Fish that he wouldn't be so desensitized either if he just stopped using socks, because um, really, it's just it's wearing him down. You know. Mm. Um, I wanted to use this as a transition to. What
3: doesn't kill me makes me stronger. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: I just wanted to look right into his next date's eyes when he says that. Uh, Let's see, a banana might kill you—that's for sure. Um, So there was a poll I did uh, about—it was just a joke um, about tropical freeze. If it sounds more like a vape flavor or a Mountain Dew flavor, what do you got, Shay? I put vape flavor. Did you really? Yeah, I did. Oh, you were in the thirty percentile. I know I was. Mm. What about you, Josh? Is it Mountain Dew or vape?
2: I think it's gotta be Mountain Dew. Just the freeze part of it. I mean, I don't know. It could be like a mentholated sort of fruity mess if they were doing something to make it vape. But (laughs) cold, it's cold. (laughs) I think it's easier to see as a Mountain Dew flavor. Well, just
1: imagine like a pineapple mint flavor. Yeah. I know <laughs> and that's what it sounds like to me It's like just that disgusting Kind of vape
0: flavor that this kid would buy No this kid isn't Fish My buy I don't buy that shit I get lemon I'm boring always What, what did you get before uh, lemon uh,
1: Tobacco no, what, the, the vape flavor you got before that It was called tobacco Yeah. What left. was the one before that I, I know mean, you got some really weird ass one I can't remember well,
0: Always tobacco and pink lemonade That's what I do man It's true. As Fish. He can camaraderate it. Pink lemonade. My case is a camaraderate it.
1: (laughs) Is that not the (laughs) word? I didn't even miss. I missed that. Yeah. (laughs) I'm (laughs) glad I got Josh here because I totally missed that. I was still scoffing at the pink lemonade.
0: Grammar Nazi didn't even catch it. Thanks a lot, Josh. You uh, uh, can it, confirm it. That's well, what you're looking for. The biggest thing that made me think about when I did that, because the only thing I, I don't, uh, we've had enough Donkey Kong talk, but the only thing I didn't get to talk about last week, so I was so flabbergasted that Fish had played Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, was the music. Was the only thing I didn't get to talk about, and and how much it means to me because um, they pulled back David Wise, who did the music for Donkey Kong Country One and Two, right? And mm-hmm. I thought I started thinking about how weird that would be. Imagine for you, the listener, you Josh Fish Imagine you composed something like that, right? Twenty years ago. You're known for it, even though it's a video game soundtrack, a very beautiful, magical, whatever, let's say people love it. I'm sure he hears about that for 20 years, whether he's jamming around, messing with new versions or playing concerts or whatever. And then you get to come back all those years later and sort of make a homage or a greatest hits version of your own shit. Working side by side with the guy who did the music for Super Metroid and Retro Studios, and he was talking about how humbled he was that they decided to. Because when Donkey Kong Country Returns came out on the Wii, they could have taken that music any new direction they wanted to, but they decided to base it after his original music, and that would be mm-hmm. that's it was really humbling for him. Um, and the one question I think I would ask him if I could ever interview him one day would be like, what inspired you to make such ethereal, epic music about a game where a fucking monkey's hunting down bananas? In a landscape of of Mario's and stuff, you know, like
2: yeah, you'd think it would be ridiculously cartoony, just given the yeah subject, yeah.
0: And he's a British composer, like he has all these jazz influences. Like, where did that? Co- Why? You know what I mean? It's just it's a strange. And the, the, you guys will notice this about me. Same thing with Tomb Raider because I the the advert the ad campaigns on that game were like. Guns and boobs, boo boo, Tomb Raider. Remember that? I showed you the '90s ad, but the game was like kind of quiet and confusing and and challenging, and like uh, the music mm-hmm. is very soft. And, and Don Kong was the same way. If you guys have never seen, if you're listening to this, if you've never seen it. There was a rare VHS tape. <laughs> That's going around that you can watch of like the Donkey Kong Country hype. And it's like a bunch of dudes like with backwards hats, like in the 90s and like horrible t shirts. And they're like, "Yeah, we're at Rare Studios to learn about Donkey Kong Country. And it's like. They're
1: listening to Blink 182. It's no, this was, well, maybe, yeah. Probably. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Skating in on their skateboards. <laughs>
0: But, like, and so all the advertising for that game was very 90s, but, like, the actual game, I felt like was actually kind of dark, and the music was kind of haunting, and I'm just fascinated by that mixture. He listened yeah. to a lot of Yanni. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he, mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: I just laughed. I have no idea who Yanni is. <laughs> 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 well, thanks for, the, thanks for the laugh of You're support. Welcome. It was the pity laugh. Yeah. It wasn't
1: a pity laugh. I was... Super- I didn't say... I said support. Thank you. Oh,
0: yeah. Okay, good. No, thank you. I... I thank uh, us. <laughs> Uh, How about this, Josh? Pull The greatest double pack in the history of video games was, I said, the Metroid Prime Wind Waker
2: GameCube double pack. How's that for a fucking double pack? That's good. I'm trying to think of anything that was possibly better than that. But One person messaged me and
0: said Duck Hunt, and I was like, oh, that's... Yeah, the
2: Duck Hunt Mario game. I was going to say, what about...
1: Could you consider, like, the yeah. Super Mario All-Stars, where they released all the Mario games in one? That's a quadruple pack. Too many. No, there's, like, there's like <laughs> seven <or> hundred <laughs> games in it there.
0: Breaks. It's too yeah. many, yeah. Yeah, if it's a dual pack.
1: And
2: at that yeah. point, it's
0: just a gang bang. Yeah.
3: Um,
2: mm.
0: A gang pack.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I could see that. Gang or, packing? Or the original Duck Hunt. But even Duck Hunt is... Yeah. Is it no, actually a I, good I game, or is beat. it... Infl-
0: yeah, it's it does. It's those games are influential, I would say, um, but it's hard to argue with fucking Wind Waker and Metroid Prime. <laughs> like Jesus Christ, I agree. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Um, mm-hmm. And seventy five percent of our audience agreed, so it wasn't completely crazy. Um, but my favorite option was. Uh, the alternate option was, meh, dweeb. Yeah, I, saw. Me, me <laughs> I actually <laughs> chuckled at that. I was <laughs> proud of you. Me and Fish are trying to bring back dweeb. We're trying to bring it back. Bring, Make dweeb I, 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 when Fish and I, I, I play Apex,
1: we call everyone cucks. So I'm glad mm. you're bringing back dweeb, too.
2: Mm-hmm. I think dweeb needs to come back.
1: Oh, it does.
0: <laughs> that's what we fish when we get our ass kicked and smashed. We're like, some fucking dweeb in his mom's basement. <laughs> <What is> that? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what we just say, crazy shit. You should have said that in the message about the Anthem people. A bunch of dweebs and their graphics. Uh, cucking about. <laughs> Can you be a dweeb and a cuck, a cuck dweeb? <laughs> a cucking dweeb. A mother cucking
1: dweeb. Um, we sound like dweebs right now.
0: I'm
2: mm. just getting
1: this. These are
2: all flowing, so I'm going to get I'm them I'm glad you there. noticed that so it didn't have to come from somebody else
0: he was waiting (laughs) Um, I said the next Super Smash Brothers character should be inspired by Shade playing a lot of Hollow Knight and Shovel Knight should be Hollow Knight or Shovel Knight they would make they would both make great Smash characters because if you look at them their art style their play style it's true Came back, oh, let's round it up. 69, 31, let's say 70, 30. I don't think you should round that number. <laughs> it's 1%. No. I think about the number. Oh, 60. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Damn it. You're you a sexual euphemism person, you sure. I was getting that. real serious, you know. Mud shovel. <laughs> um but I I yeah, Shovel Knight won. And maybe that's because He's brighter and more beloved, I guess. I,
1: yeah, maybe he's just a brighter character, which would probably fit better. But I feel like Hollow Knight has so many more abilities that would make more sense in a Hollow Knight or in a uh, Super Smash game. But what do you well, mean? Explain yourself. Well, Shovel Knight has like two or three moves, really. At at the end of the day. Shovel Knight does. He can smash... But you can smash
0: people with your shovel.
1: uh, Right, right. But Hollow Knight, like... He's fighting with his nail. And he can actually shoot, like... It's a nail? Yeah, it's a nail. And they can shoot, like, aura out. He has, like, a really long dash that you could use as an attack. He can, like, shoot upwards. Like, all the movements in Smash actually would fit... His playing style in his game would actually fit really well in uh, Super Smash.
2: They could... They could, uh... Put that the soul meter in there in some manner too, because they have a lot of characters that can heal themselves based off of, you know, different abilities and stuff. So that, like, yeah, I think it would work really well. Does right. he
0: float
1: around? Is he a floater? He has an ability that allows him to jump up, and he ha- like sprouts like wings.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it just he it falls would be really fairly good. fast. He'd probably be probably one of the medium. Right, medium I, if not fast fallers. He's not like super floaty or anything. No, not super
1: floaty. I think both of them are awesome choices. I just mm-hmm. I see with the abilities, just judging off that Hollow Knight's abilities would more fit the game. But both well, of them. Would well, be awesome. what they would
0: do with something like. Shovel Knight, they would have a move where he bounces on his shovel, like Sonic sort of bounces on his spring. Yeah, they'd probably have a move where he do, he counters with his. Because sh- some of the characters, like King K. Roll, he'll go and he can he tightens up and he can counter attack. So I assume he's a defensive person, so he'd have some sort of defensive move. That's true. You
1: know what I mean? I mean? He could always like actually like uh Shield Knight could just. I think that it's who oh, it. is that
0: the black one? The cool uh, one right? That's
1: like his like his partner in crime. If I'm remembering correctly, oh man, Shield she, Knight, was so he could cool. bounce off of her. And then get back onto the onto the arena, something like that. Because they like at the mm-hmm. last fight they do assist each other, so it'd be cool. Now we really do sound like dweebs. I really wish that.
0: The, <laughs> I, it makes me sad when I look at this because they're they're on Nintendo. I the only, my only per bar- pro- fuck my only barometer is that the character has to be playable on a Nintendo console um, for this. And so I think they both fit. It's kind of it kind of makes me sad they have duplicates in the game, like five players that like. Um, like two like uh two characters that play too similarly. I, I think th- that's...
1: yeah. I just I think both of them. Well, I think Hollow Knight would be a little bit more unique, and I mean he just got that game just got put on the Switch recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know either of them are good choices. Yeah, either of them are good choices. In my I fish? Opinion. Who'd you vote for?
3: I went with shovel knight. Oh, that's
1: fair. That's fair. You didn't play Hollow Knight, so I can understand yeah, that
3: exactly. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure like yeah Hollow or. Er... Uh, uh, Shovel Knight, uh, For to me at least, he's a little bit more iconic. He's a little bit more easier to pick out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: That makes sense. I, I, yeah. I mean, that's Shovel Knight yeah. art. I mean, come on.
1: It is beautiful. And I mean, if you're talking in terms yeah. of an iconic character, I don't think Hollow Knight is as iconic but I Not think yet.
0: Not yet. Maybe one day. I hope so. There is a sequel coming. I mean, you thought the character on Josh's shirt was Hollow Knight. And so... I did not! <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker. Uh, now I'm getting defensive. Shh. Uh, that's my stupid sound. <laughs> All right, so maybe we'll do some more polls down the road. Me and Shay were talking about it before the podcast. He's trying to steal one of my polls. He's trying to steal it for the... Patreon page, which is cool because if you're one of our Patreon donors, they have exclusive polls up there right now. Like, There's a documentary me and Shay are going to work on briefly while he's here uh, to put up that people voted on, right?
1: That's right. So this week's poll on the Patreon was actually um, sprouted from an idea that I had Like, since Morgan and I um, are going to be hanging out next week. We're going to do some VR stuff. I was like, well, why don't we make some content for the Patreon, for just the Instagram, and then um, just for everything. So one of the things we're going to be doing for the Patreon, um, any anybody who donates to the Patreon, is we're actually going to make just like a a mini documentary. Now uh, it's not going to be very long, and we're just going to talk about kind of like the history of the podcast and like just like the chronological timeline of where we where we've started to now, and like all the highs and lows of the podcast. It'll just be like a little. Fun behind-the-scenes stuff that um, I don't think a lot of people know about, so it'll be really interesting to kind of delve into that. So and it's
0: only for Patreon. That's right, um, supporters. You can only watch that if you're a supporter of a certain tier. We haven't decided what tier yet. I think we should just give it to all of them, but that's something we can discuss later. Well, so yeah, we're putting a lot of work into that thing. Eh, yeah, yeah, that's true. But remember, patreoncom trump if you dig what we do. Um, so I want to end the show with um, Sakura. Uh, talk so you're going to end oh, the show Josh is no I, we're not ending the show I'm okay. just saying that's, I want
2: to... that's, that's what my hand was up for I'm like end. <laughs> no right.
0: no I, I'm not ending the show I just said I want to end the show with Sakura. Oh, okay. um so that's why I'm delaying oh, okay. that's that topic that last poll yeah. okay um there is uh well first and foremost as you as you hear Shay I, um it's important that you put your hands around this wonderful Mug that I have. Yeah, the one that still has blood in it from last week. I haven't cleaned it out. It's not blood, I'm telling you, it's not blood. It's what blood. is it? Uh, Let's talk about the mug. It doesn't matter. Okay, he's really fixated on the blood. Um, yeah, but you know, our friends at at Sassy D Merch, Fish actually did a really nice promo this week where he was showing off his Sassy D socks that he got on their Instagram page. So they make merchandise.
1: Yeah, they. I from what I've seen, um, I've seen some stuff. They make socks. They make mugs. Um, unfortunately they don't make condoms, but you know, if you, the listener requests them, they might make some uh, sassy D condoms. Sassy. Can imagine an electric Pikachu on a condom? That would be amazing. That would be amazing. You know, like <laughs> yeah, a phallic shape. shape on your phallic <laughs> shape.
0: Well, that's yeah. Like forms to the, yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: It's like, it's like a form of inception
0: with your penis. Well, and then, yeah, until you go inside of another phallic shape. Which is very difficult. You know, to, uh, Sassy D Merch has
1: everything you need at their website. You know, if you need mugs to drink out of, like it looks like you want to drink out of the tip of a penis, they got you covered with many, many
0: characters. Well, but Shay, I'm confused. You you mentioned penises left and right here. What exactly are these crazy designs on the mugs and other merchandise? Um,
1: You know, I called it some the wrong thing last week. Is it Sassy Chew? That is Sassy Chew you're All holding right, right there. Right, and it looks like a... Uh, Pikachu, if it was a penis, and uh-huh. has condoms on its condoms, rather <laughs> on its hands, and there's electric shock coming out of it, and they have things like mermaids. They have they did one for Saint Patty's Day uh, earlier this year. BBC, yeah, that's right. The BBC that's right. So they have many different kinds of designs. You know, and many different characters. They're constantly working on characters. And they chose to
0: sponsor us, which yeah, is pretty cool. that is pretty awesome. Cool. So head on over. If you're listening to podcasts, go to Instagram, go to at SassyDmerch or com. There you go. And if you
1: want a customizable thing, just ask them. You never know. You might get
0: those Sassy Chew condoms that you Ooh. so crave. <laughs> Let's pull our um, – I want to get you guys' thoughts on this because the Borderlands 3 trailer dropped and we asked our Instagram community about it every Thursday to try to post a topic of the show. By the way, Josh, was that hand for a Sekiro talk Yeah, or Yeah, he just wanted to make
1: sure we weren't well, just skipping not, over the, yeah. everything else. Yeah,
0: no, we weren't, yeah, we also have to do shout-outs and stuff like that. Yeah. Have no fear. Um, but this is interesting because finally, after this has been a decade, can you believe that shit? I cannot believe it's been that long since Borderlands Two came out. Um, I'm happy about that. I know mm-hmm. you're not a big Borderlands fan. I'm not. Borderlands One was my game of the year. And yeah, it was. It was fun to
1: play with friends. Yes, by mm-hmm. yourself, and we've talked about that t- mm-hmm. to death. So,
0: um, but they finally announced their uh, Borderlands the uh, <laughs> the the Borderlands Three trailer dropped. I just read something that said "cheer, explode, baby." Um and it was a pretty lengthy trailer that showed a lot of gameplay. Uh not a lot of details about it except 1 billion guns. Um but I want to get Fish's opinion on the trailer before our community as I give him 1 billion mm-hmm. finger guns. All
3: right. While you're doing that giving me all those uh finger guns. It's going to take uh, a while. It's tiring. You know, I, I really like the trailer. Um they they introduce like the four characters that you can play as and i'm sure they're going to introduce uh, uh some sort of bundle or uh season pass where they'll, they'll give you more characters um but they uh i don't know I, it looks pretty good like uh well, like you said Morgan like seeing that uh seeing that game and finally on like the next generation because it's been around since well the last one came out on the ps3 and there hasn't been one for the PS4 other than the handsome collection i believe or that that weird one where it took place in space and you could play this claptrap. um some people actually like that game but i didn't dig it that much um the and the second one yeah
0: it was basically yeah, a prequel
3: yeah mm-hmm. yeah but um yeah this new one looks i i'm kind of excited for it like that that's i i do miss uh You know, picking up guns and uh, just not knowing what exactly you're going to get. One of the fun things that I really enjoyed about the first Borderlands was that you could get a random gun at at the beginning that could just be fucking overpowered for, like, uh, many levels into that game. And that was a great feeling for me, like, because, you know, having that much random loot and all of it being shitty... That's kind of like how Borderlands Two went. Like they 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 fucked with it a little bit as far as like scaling the guns and everything. And I I just that was one thing that stuck out to me that I didn't like about Borderlands Two, other than like its art direction as well. But um, it, it was like was it those the same sc-
0: art direction. I don't.
3: Can you? Elaborate it, it is well, not art direction, but like uh, the way they built their world essentially. Like you were going yeah, to different was, locations it was still- and everything.
2: Cell shaded post apocalyptic, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you
3: know, but they, they so. decided to do like a foresty type of waterfall <laughs> type of area. I'm so and all sorry, that Fish.
2: Stuff.
0: I you're making some great points, but I just love the dead soulless way that Josh said post apocalyptic, <laughs> cell shaded. What was the third one? God, what was the third thing he said? Post apocalyptic, cell shaded, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, which is like what half the games are now. Post apocalyptic, cel- mm-hmm. all right, sorry, mm-hmm. i continue. Yeah. Um, so yes, you're, so you weren't as like with how they structured the world and everything. It didn't wait. So you have a good point about the gun, because I remember I did the intro like three times in Borderlands two, and I kept getting the same drop from the first boss. And I was like, Oh, that seems different Uh, or unlucky. Well,
3: well, yeah. Unlucky. Like some of those, uh, they also add added like, well, it was, it was in the first one as well. Like boss drops would. They would actually specifically drop a certain gun from them. Um, yeah. But the second one, like, they gave you such a lower chance of actually getting it. You actually had to grind in that game, which yeah. felt terrible they, in Borderlands 2. They really um,
2: overcorrected between one and two.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They made it too much of like this MMO type of feel, like, instead yeah. of just being an MMO light type of. Uh, uh, mechanics in that game, um which was a shame, but
2: yeah. Um, yeah, the first one had the opposite problem where like just vending machines around the world could give you legendary loot and stuff. And right. like some yeah. of the fastest way to collect shit would be to just turn the game off and on and run around all the yeah. vending machines.
3: hmm yeah. Or do like a, a loot chest run, mm-hmm. um until like they patch that out as well. But yeah. um Yeah, it, it uh, the the first one, definitely, like, I, I enjoyed the hell out of that game. And, like, like Shay said, like, it's only fun playing with somebody else. So, like, playing that game alone, like, it gets real lonely. it kind of repetitive, grindy, and just doesn't feel that great. Um, when you have that team aspect in that game, that's when, you know, it, it, it starts to shine. Because, you know, mm-hmm. there there are four specific different types of characters that you could play as. And, like, seeing, like, your your friend picking... Uh, another character of their liking and um, kind of synergizing their abilities together is part of the fun in that game, I think. Um, but, um, yeah, the, uh, the the trailer for 3 looks pretty cool. I mean, the, it looks like they showed the bad guys. I'm pretty sure it was like that white-haired girl and that black-haired guy. Um, it seemed kind of generic, but I'm curious to I see I a how... white-haired
0: guy and a black-haired girl.
3: No, other way around. You're upset about that? No, okay. I just, I'm um. surprised.
0: I got it frozen on my feed right now because, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a black-haired guy. and a, No, it's a black-haired guy and a white-haired girl.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I said. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, that was great radio. Uh.
3: Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, Morgan.
0: Um, yeah, they do. It looks like, just, it is nice that they looks like they're going for a more, well, hand, uh, what's his name? J- Handsome Jack was, they were trying to make him into a big... Antagonist in Borderlands Two, so I guess that's not that revolutionary. But how did you like, Josh? How did you feel? Did you watch the trailer yet?
2: No, I haven't been near a computer to watch anything really. Okay, uh,
0: I'm curious to see what you think of it when you get a chance. Because my biggest takeaway, I don't know what Fish was kind of alluding to, was. I like, there's a nice variety of environments they show in the trailer. Like, they show a bunch of huge, expansive, very different places. But, like, Mm -hmm. I didn't, when I saw it, and maybe my expectations were unrealistic, I just thought it was going to look a little better. Now, I will say this. Maybe actually running on a 4K TV, it actually looks fantastic. I don't know, you know? I guess, I I always thought, because of how that art direction being, like, this comic book-side shell-shaded style, I just always expected it to, like, blow my mind when they finally made it on, uh, Next generation, so maybe that's me. That's mm-hmm. my own personal unfair expectations. It didn't blow my mind, but it does look. Are you, Shay, you're the hater here. Is this did this trailer pull you in at all? No. Mm.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. No. All right, not at that's all, all from
0: Shayla. <laughs> <laughs> nah,
1: it just looks. It looks kind of like, um, to me like rage in a way. So I feel like these games have coincided with each other. One- during their releases. I don't I'm not saying that like one is coming after the other or one's mimicking the other per se. Just it, well, it, apocalyptic science fiction. Real the-
2: really, you know, like <laughs> Yeah. Rage was trying to do the whole like ultra realistic thing when the first one came out, at least yeah. as far as anything yes. else at the time.
1: It was, yeah. Um it just I just hope that like because I think we we have come out of the uh popularity of the post apocalyptic world. The reason why I still get so excited for Fallout, because it's Fallout. But, um, outside of that, like, I'm I'm actually kind of getting bored of, like, this particular scenario of post-apocalyptic is, like, the Mad Max style world. Um, I hope they just do something a little bit more with it.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing with this one is it's not even supposed to be post-apocalyptic. Like, it was supposed to be, like, Space Cowboys, but it never really got that feel across. Like, so many of the tropes in there are post-apocalyptic tropes in the Borderlands series, which I kind of right. feel is like a missed opportunity there. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I th- I think had they got that whole space cowboy thing across, or space, like, junker or something, like, I don't know. I don't know. That's space
1: looters. That's why I'm more excited for the Outer Worlds, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. That game looks
2: better to me. Um, hmm.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, there is one scene it's with this giant... It's super pulpy.
2: Like, it looks just like, you know, yeah, a bunch of those old serial sci-fi shows from right. the 50s. So. Right. That's, my, what, yeah. that's what draws me in. The mm-hmm.
0: thing that killed Borderlands 2 for me, and I love Borderlands 1 was my game of the year, was that I started playing games that were incredible shooters, and mm-hmm. I just feel like the shooting in Borderlands is just okay. It's very pedestrian. It's just... It's way yeah.
2: too stat-based. It's way yeah. too stat well, and even
0: the feel. You know what it's tell a game feel? Like, it's mm-hmm. a little rigid. Like, it feels like a, like yeah. an older shooter. It doesn't... It's not like when you pick up the controller and shoot stuff, like, oh, my God, that feels... It's like a Destiny. I agree with you. It feels more, yeah. like, more
1: closer well, to double than it does to a new game. Well, like, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: They're,
0: well, It's like doesn't... It, yeah. Wouldn't you consider Destiny procedural guns, though?
2: No, because none of them are procedural guns. Well, I mean, like, this... I see what you're saying.
0: Like, they're... It's uh, random loop, but they're all um, determined beforehand. Whereas yeah, those, all the they're guns all, this... they're all made yeah. beforehand.
2: Whereas like that's Borderlands thing has always been, they just put the stats in there, and like they're saying a billion guns, they didn't make any of those. Well, I don't know about any. I'm sure that they have a few like specific boss drops that are custom tuned, but other than that, most of them are just random assortments of stats. Sorry, which is which is cool, which I like a lot about.
0: The idea of that is just mm-hmm. i hope I hope this game feels really good to shoot things
2: yeah um, yeah it's it's hard to make that work well and and be satisfying in, in the same sort of way that something ridiculously handcrafted can
0: yeah, but I don't want to sound too negative on it. It's definitely something i'm ex- I'm ready to try
2: and jump mm-hmm. back into yeah I, mean. I guess i guess other than that, I think the the biggest thing is going to be some sort of cross play so we can finally play that. Together again, because I think yeah, that's yeah. that's that that's kind of awesome. what yeah. two was missing for us a lot. Because we played one together, and then two, we never really had a good chance to, you know, sink any time into as a group. Well,
0: Fish played a lot with his ex-wife, and that's why it meant a lot to him. But you're mm-hmm. right; like we, we have to really go out of our way to play it on the same system, or we're gonna miss. Like the first one made up for the feel of the guns, I think, based off premise and being all new and fresh and then playing with friends and doing it for the first time so
4: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah I agree but a lot of people love I got some hot takes here I want to give our listeners uh, a chance to sound off because they may disagree with us Shay suck this Billy underscore Dottie says Borderlands 2 is the greatest looter shooter of all time in my opinion Obviously I'm super stoked for Borderlands three. Having said that, it's gonna be interesting to see how this stacks up against a very saturated genre like Destiny and the division. Appreciate what you guys do and keep up the great work. Thank you, Billy Donny Yeah, thank you.
1: Yeah, thank uh you. all I'll say is I'm happy that like people like Billy, who really love the series, are getting another game. I know how it feels yeah. to want another game and then you have to wait so long for it. So I'm really you know, I, for that I'm excited. I know a lot of people love Borderlands. Um I can respect what they're going for, just it's not for me. So I'm Mm -hmm. really excited
0: for that reason. He has a good point about the saturated genre thing. He does. He does. But because, ironically, the way they'd have to evolve Borderlands would actually evolve it into something that's more common now, if you think about it, right? Like what Borderlands 2 was, to take that gameplay to the next step is making it more like...
2: Yeah, it was kind of the only in its field when the first one came out, and now that is... It's its whole own genre now, mm-hmm. and it was still just like gra- it was almost like a
0: couch co-op game that you played online. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's like this shared world thing that Destiny started. That so their natural yeah. evolution would sort of be to become Destiny, right? In a
2: way. Well, um, I don't know. I mean, it, it. I don't think it has to be. I still think there's room for something more like the original thing. More, more like, more arcadey. More like kind of how Diablo does it. Where it's not shared unless you choose, like opt in, sort of a thing. So, I don't know. I mean, I even Anthem, always going for. Even Anthem mean, you don't have to play with anyone else. You can just choose not to. Um, yeah, I, I, I think there's room for it. So. Yeah. Thank you for the comment, Billy.
0: Uh, the New Dead said Looks like more of the same Wasn't a big man of the first games To be honest Shay Layton Did you leave that comment? No um, That that would be a username The New Dead <laughs> That would be a zombie fan over here um, Fail at Everything said It looks amazing But my concern is that It looks like more Borderlands And after the pre-sequel I think it needs to add something new Will it be hmm. good if it doesn't? Most likely, but I would like to see them add some new stuff because the saturated market. Second saturated market come. Mm-hmm. They're on that. We know. We know the market's saturated. All right. Gmail said he's excited. That's all. He's yeah. excited. He's excited. Fair enough. Um, although, Kilted Gamer said I'm lukewarm. The environments look stellar, but the characters and vehicles look subpar. I'm interested to see what they've done to amp up the series. I was tired after Borderlands 2. Very tired. And I would agree with that comment. One hundred percent like the the environments do look
1: incredible, but everything else looks very samey compared to the other but
0: the the cool thing about the environments now that he was talking about was that they showed like this one environment josh you'll see in the trailer and it looks like like a future city or something it's like got like neon lights and stuff, and it looks like they're trying a lot of different tones, which i'm Optimistic Hmm. about but I'm granted they've worked on this game for like fucking eight years or whatever. So
1: actually another one of the guys was talking about that city part right there.
0: Oh really? Who who which
1: called it? WJ Danilo said a bit underwhelming, but that city looks awesome. The locations were the best part. So it kind of goes in line with what Kilted Gamer was saying.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, f- you see, you feeling me? getting the- getting comment mode? He's <laughs> yeah, like, a- I'm in comment mode. <laughs> we're right looking, now. we're looking the comments. That's right. Uh, Mr. Hicks said, "Looks amazing overall. Always loved their comic book art style. One billion guns, absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. It's it's like the 14 trillion planets thing
2: all know, over the
0: sky. Yeah. Oh come on! I think
2: yeah. making a planet well, is probably harder. Actually, than oddly do. enough, that's, I mean, that's, that's one of the things too. that uh, <laughs> kind of how Morgan was always. Like, oh, I like the water planets, and that's specific enough that you can kind of... Yeah. Yeah. It's the same sort of thing in Borderlands with uh, the gun manufacturers because, like, it's it's all randomly picked stats and stuff, but, like, specific stat weights go to each different manufacturer in there, which is always kind of cool because you end up kind of picking one that matches your style. Like some of them will be like really heavy hitting or some of them will be more uh, like higher rate of fire, bigger magazines and stuff. Um, So you'll, you'll find something that kind of fits you and it makes it easier to sort through all that loot as you, yeah. uh, as you get it all.
0: That's a good, is, that's a good point. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: That's fair. You know, it's kind of funny. I don't know if Instagram did this or these three just magically planned this, but paradigm dreams, paradigm dream said hype levels are so high right now. Daniel of DC said literally made me jump straight into replaying two in this pre sequel. I'm hype as hell. And Eric.O dot said hype is into the stratosphere. So they're mm-hmm. all about the hype, hype. train.
0: Hype! We got some hype man. They
1: are hype. into yeah. the hype train. That's true.
2: Yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to it just because I, I I think I think they can do a good, a good job with it. So
0: I do I think yeah. they, Go ahead, Fish. Sorry. I was just agreeing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
3: It's, it's tricky
0: because I can't actually see Fish's face, so I'm a little thrown off there. Yeah. Um, he just jumped in. It's not like he was saying to me. he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this
1: this is a really interesting comment from Name Man. That was the saddest, uh, whatchamacallit, Mega Man boss you ever fought. Name Man. But anyways, joke. I actually ah. like your name.
0: No, I... <laughs> it's it has been me a wh- second. I thought you were reading his comment, and no, I was no, no, like, no, what no, the... No, why is no. you talking about Mega Man?
1: No. It's been a while since there was a Borderlands game. I'm cautiously optimistic because this might be a game that's a microtransaction heathen. But what title doesn't have microtransactions nowadays that isn't a shooter? And that's a really good point. Because, you know, these games were released before that whole era of microtransactions mm-hmm. is it going to trickle into this game with mm-hmm. like loot boxes and things of that nature true well
2: yeah. i, mean, it's an I don't end. know where they'd put that in there because most of the loot games don't really uh, i mean they have some stuff in there but it's like all the cosmetic stuff i don't i don't know like we'll see we'll see Large. it really depends where they're going with it because if it's more solitary kind of like the first few were i mean like group play but with just your friends. Then I don't really see where there's room for it, but if they are gonna try to make it more of a social type game, then yeah, I kind of feel like those are unavoidable at this point in that in that space.
0: Real o, um, <clears throat> real o g Larry, one of our new VIPs, Patreon VIPs, Patreon VIP, check it out. Said I love the original game. Haven't played any of the Borderlands games though, but damn. One billion guns. In Dr. Evil's voice, one billion gun. Wait, that wasn't his voice. I'm going to try it again. No, that
2: was totally his voice. I, no, that I, was, that I was remember. his voice. You nailed it. <laughs> you nailed I it. I remember <laughs> clearly. No. Shut up. You know, it's, it's kind
0: of interesting that he
1: said that because it kind of pairs well with this very, very long comment from yeah. Cario dude. A billion might sound impressive, but let's look at Borderlands 2. Six types of weapons, four rarity levels, two rarities can be unique. So that's six levels of rarity. Now we're at 36 weapons. I'm not calculating this math, so I'm just going to trust him because that's how the internet this works.
0: This is an impressive comment. This is a yeah. very impressive then
1: comment. Then there are Etech, Seraph, and Paralescent weapons. So that's another 18. We're at 54 weapons. With five elemental effects plus weapons with no elemental effect, we're at 324 weapons. There are eight weapon manufacturers. That's 2,592 weapons. There's an average of 12 prefixes used for each type of gun. So now we're at 31,104 guns. Each type of gun has about 30 (laughs) special effects. This is insane.
0: This is the best comment I've ever
1: seen. I know. He had to have stolen this one someone. Maybe. Each type of gun has about 30 special effects that can be put on each gun. Up to two different special effects per gun. So now we're at 27,993,600 guns. Now, with a dozen or more titles given to each kind of gun, we're at 335,923,200 guns. After that, you could say each statistic can be different, which technically means two identical guns with only a one-digit difference in damage or speed constitutes two separate guns. So, with seven stats on each gun, that's $2.3 So... Having over a billion guns is a technicality. We're gonna get less than ten guns with over a billion variations. (laughs) Sorry for the long comment.
0: That's a that's a very listen,
1: Cario dude, you have nothing to be sorry for. Cause that's way more analysis than any one of us would have done, and that's impressive.
0: If he actually did the math and wrote that all out.
1: Yeah, I'm impressed. And did
0: not steal that. Yeah. And uh, I, I, so basically, the short version of what he's trying to say is that he's not impressed by the number. He's not impressed by them swinging their billion-gun dick around. And I think that
1: was kind of like a lot of the commentary when No Man's Sky came out. They're toting 14 trillion planets, and people are like, well, how many of those are very similar to each other? And it's like... Yeah, you could see that, and it's kind of the same with the guns. Yeah, so. it, it is a technicality, but I, I would still say a planet's a, a lot get. more diverse than... Right. I agree, mm-hmm. I agree, I agree. I'm not slamming no but Yes,
0: back. I'm sure somewhere in that universe you can find ten planets that are like a hue-off, but the chances of that person running into those planets is probably low. But I just can't believe... That, that comment is just really impressive. I need to screen cap that and see if I can actually... That's incredible. Thank you, Karya, dude. Yeah, thank you. Even Josh got an erection, and he's the math genius, so... I don't know if that was erection or deflation. Um, It's amazing. I love it. I loved it. Uh, I just can't... I just... I just love it when people throw numbers at me, and I have to just accept that they're real. <laughs> right. <I'm laughs> a, I ain't no statistician. I, because, like, it just seems like he took the time to get it to, yeah. or got it from somewhere where somebody
1: did. Yeah. I think it's uh-huh. a really good comment to end on. Like, that's... The best comment we're gonna
0: read, man. Well, you've already said it, so now I'm trapped. Even though I was gonna read, read, read more, read more. Okay, end it on a happy note. Kelly, Kelly, amateur eating, said, amateur, amateuro. Kelly, amateur eating said, "V excited." There we go. That's a positive one. Yeah, very excited. And what's end never read a comment more. from her before? So and
1: Heather Evenstar, oh. I am so fucking ready.
0: Oh, that turned me on a little bit. Can you, can you do that again? I am so fucking ready. Oh, fish gonna have to relieve himself. Thank you, everyone who commented. You know, we can't read every comment. We want to make it feel special, um, but we want to include you in the show. And those comments were amazing. Based off of a lengthy trailer, that's all speculation and fun. But I will say personally, like Josh said, I think the world is. I'm ready for another Borderlands. I'm ready to give it a shot.
1: That's fair.
0: I'm ready to try it again. Oh, wow. So you do care a little bit. You just I care enough to say I'll try it again. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So I want to get some follow-up on Sekiro before we talk about our Patreon shout-outs. Now, our Patreon um, uh, members who do 3 or $5 get a special shout-out on the, on the podcast, and we make that special. Um, so you know what? Let's do the shout-out now so okay. that they get it before the Sekiro talk, and okay. we'll okay. end on the Sekiro talk. Maybe. Okay.
1: All right. So... I was a little bit lazy this week. Um, I'm including the $1 for this week only because I didn't want to differentiate between the difference. So if you donate a $1, you're lucky this week (laughs) because I'm too fucking lazy to tell the difference. (laughs) Well, you're in Montana. You have an excuse. You're traveling abroad. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, without further ado, Fish, do you want like a clap to keep you on beat?
3: Um. No, I don't think that would be necessary. <laughs> okay, whenever you're ready. Okay. I can do it. That's, mm, that's oh, not
1: the beat oh, at all. Just stop. Just stop. That's <laughs> not the beat at all. Oh, God. Hold on, hold on. I can get it. I can get it for him. Fish, whenever you're ready.
3: Well Pull up that beat. I'll go with it. Mm.
1: Okay,
0: you ready? All right, so this is going to be the Patreon shout-outs <laughs> mm, in the oh. form of a song um, I'm just going to use the beat to start off because otherwise Josh is going to kill us because the editing's going to be He's <laughs> not editing, I'm editing Oh, oh okay Alright, sorry Shay, you just entered into a hell that you cannot escape from Why did I do um, this? Are you ready? Woo! Here we go fish!
3: All right, yeah. Here we go. Patreon shoutouts, March 2019. Thank you all for. Uh, I'm sorry, keep it together here. All right, a little bit of corn space in my life. A little bit of Daniel beat, A little bit of Daniel dub. What I like—a little bit of epidemic all night long. Four
4: down, nineteen to go. <laughs> mm. oh,
0: God. Uh, oh, okay, Fish. We say I saved you. You tried. God bless okay.
3: you. Thank you. Mm. But uh keep going, though. <laughs> We're going to try and run through all these names As quick as okay, possible
0: uh, well, You know, he had Epidemic all
3: night long, so <laughs> That's true Alright A little bit of Eric And Gilbezi And Howard And Ivan too. a little bit of Jackie Joel, Jason King, K, Kevin Larry, Lisa Rich M, Ryan Tony Zach G And Zach H all night long.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's,
0: gonna be an un- that's gonna be an unedible mess. Good luck with that. Make that magic. Make it magic. <laughs> was that, that all that of them, mess- fish? Was that all of them?
3: <gasps> yeah, that was it. Oh, wow. <laughs>
0: Holy fuck. I <laughs> ran through it as that quick as quick as I I'm fucking crying. I'm fucking crying right now. I mean, it sounded like a mess on our end, but I think with editing, it's gonna be funny. Even if it's a little off, I think it's gonna mm. sound Oh, weird. fuck. <laughs> Hopefully, we don't need the rights to Mama in the <laughs> uh So, so um, thank you, uh,
1: thank you to all of our Patreon donators. Whether you are a one dollar, five dollar, three dollar, five dollar, twenty dollar tier, um, we want to thank you guys so so much for supporting us every month and uh, allowing us predominantly fish to embarrass himself every month as we give these shout-outs. He does it you for guys. you. He does it for you. You pay
0: for his shame. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's true. And his talent. <laughs> Man, we're going to be paying for that golden minute All right, so Sekiro is the game everybody's talking about, so it's a fun way to make it the highlight way to end the show, right? Um, that's the, the, the goal for me, to try and make it fun. More. The end of the podcast isn't like, oh, I'm trailing off, you know what I mean? make it exciting, boom! Now Josh and Fish have had a lot more chance to play this than I have dealing with all my anxiety, I sat down to play Sekro, and I, I just couldn't focus but I, I suspect it's something i want to get really into because I've been watching a lot of people um, play it and talk about it and stuff and it looks like it's going to be right up my alley when it can finally get in the headspace for it and I know Shay you've been here so you haven't as well but Josh and Fish I'd love to hear your continuing impressions I know Josh you've been on vacation so you had to take a break uh, yeah. but before you went on vacation what, what was your progress
2: report? Um, I've made a decent, decent amount of progress through there. I got to, uh, the Demon Bell to allow me to finally activate hard mode, which has been... Oddly enough, I I really can't tell that it's any harder. It's supposedly harder. I have no idea how it's harder. Um, I'm really not noticing a difference. Um, the game was already hard enough beforehand, it's like... Yeah, any any sort of variation to that is not yeah, noticeable. I, I got... So so I would suggest turning on a hard mode because it increases rewards you get from enemies when you kill them and makes them harder, but I'm still not noticing how it's any harder. Hmm. So, yeah. Pro tip, yeah, turn uh, on I, the... I got
3: up t- yeah, I got up to the demon bell as well. I rung it, um, and you get a little bell that actually you can turn it off hard mode whenever yeah, which as is, well, which is a nice way to cool. do
2: that, because all the yeah. other ones, it's been like, they've had something similar, but if you ever get yourself in a spot where you don't want hard mode anymore, it was kind of a pain to turn it back off, whereas this time it's mm-hmm. just use that item from your inventory, and you're back, yeah. to, back to where you were where before, so... That's crazy. Yeah. Well, the, so,
0: unfortunately, some of the things... Oh, Fish, I'll let you speak. Fish actually gave me some good advice that a lot of people have been telling me because I was beating my head against the ogre. And mm-hmm. so here's the weird Here's the weird thing about the game. Like, the ogre fight in general, when you walk up and you do the eavesdropping, they basically tell you, hey, you should probably use fire on this guy if you listen mm-hmm. to him. Um, so it feels like the game definitely wants you to try and use... Let, let's put it this way. Where I'm at in the game, I managed to come across certain enemies without... I don't have any upgrades. I don't have really anything. I think I got there too fast or whatever. Um, and fish was telling me that he was just kind of like leaving the bosses and just kind of exploring and then kind of taking on the ones that were not giving him as much of a problem, get some prayer
2: beads, stuff like that. Yeah. That seems to be the approach. Yeah. Yeah, If you don't feel comfortable, like you, you have a lot of options. Um, if you get stuck for the most part, um,
3: um, yeah. well, there's that one boss, um, who guards the gate to the sheeny Castle, um, mm-hmm. Gubu, or Gubu, uh, one, uh, the guy on the horse, um, and that was an epic-ass fucking fight. Oh, that, I've seen um, that,
0: that looks really cool, yeah. It,
3: it's really fucking good battle, um, yeah. but after you, after you after you defeat him, it opens up a gate actually into the castle. And that's when it really starts to open up. Yeah. That game. That because before that,
2: ton. yeah.
3: Yeah. Like it automatically, like as soon as you walk through there, you got like three different branching places that you could go to or three or four, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. After that point you get, um, th- this is all, it's always a big moment in the souls games where you get back to where the tutorial was. And that's, that's right after that boss, you get back to that same area yeah. where yep. you had that starting thing before you lost your arm, um, just kind of learning like the stealth aspects of the game and stuff, um, and yeah, it, it really opens up from there and lets you explore a ton.
0: Well, I'll let you jump in your fish like cuz you guys are the ones who play the most of it. Like, what would you ask Josh? Like, if you guys were just talking about the game, you know, friend to friend fish, like what are the questions you'd have for mm-hmm. Josh so far after spending some time with the game? Curiosities, anything like that. What comes mm-hmm. to mind?
3: I'm not sure for a question for Josh, more of like
0: <laughs> Hm. Like, have you what would you think of this? I guess I don't want to give spoilers away, but like Right. Uh I was trying to I set that up for a cool back and forth and I don't know.
3: <laughs> it's going to work. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I don't know. Like, like I, when I first started playing the game, like the combat was, I, I didn't know how I felt about that combat, but there was just a certain point where it just all clicks for me. Um, and mm-hmm. that combat, like, just becomes like a natural thing like you you become more attuned to your character's deflex and um the enemy's attacks and stuff like that Yeah. um and uh, once you get that down like that's when like at least whenever i got that down that's when the game really started clicking with me and i started making big progress in that game where like eventually yeah. like i took out like four bosses in one night um after you know like just slowly just grinding away at those uh little skill points which i don't find are that much of a help at this point some of them are more helpful than uh yeah. the others there's others there's like the lower you get the actual boss's health and not their posture mm-hmm. down the, the slower their posture can uh recover so yeah. like as a as a battle goes on like like any other battle, like a re- in real life, like as you're fighting somebody, like you're eventually going to both get real tired. Like you're losing your stamina. You can't keep up that sword or mm-hmm. heavy ass sword that you're lifting. Um, so it just, it makes sense in like almost a real world type of situation as well, uh, as opposed to like uh, in their previous games where they had, you know, just that stamina bar where you can only do a certain amount of uh, dodges or rolls or attacks in one sitting before you had to s- step back and kind of let that. Mm-hmm. Uh, fill back up. So, I definitely it, the posture system makes it a uh, far more engaging type of uh, combat in this game. I would say it's it's a bit more frantic. I would say as well. Um, yeah. But but the fact that you know you are just limited at, at this point. I don't know if they if you even get like another weapon in the game, but um, that would be kind of cool. But um, it, it's, it's so far it's just been you know just that one katana sword that you've been going through the whole game, which is. Kind of cool that you don't have to, you know, pick and choose what type of weapon um, you can use. It's more um, just straightforward. This Mm -hmm. is your weapon. You're a shinobi running around. Uh, The different variations that you do get is in the prosthetic uh, arm that you do get, um, which... Yeah, like um, all your abilities... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I found that, like, that's that's a very fun thing to play around with, and, like, I definitely use that a lot uh, to my advantage against, like, bosses. Like, certain bosses will have certain weaknesses as well. Like Morgan was yeah. saying, like, that Ogre boss, yeah, he's weak to f- fire, but, like, when I actually went up against him and I had the Flame Vent Prosthetic, Shinobi Prosthetic uh, uh, upgrade, like it it really just stuns him for you know a 2 seconds or so for you to get uh like 3 4 hits off on him before he regains his composure and just starts back up with his attack so um that that battle is very doable without it um and i'm sure a lot of people have done that battle without that but it just makes it a little bit more easier what the um, ogre
0: the ogre mhm
3: I mean, yeah, the chained ogre. It
0: it might be possible, but I'm telling you, it's really fucking difficult. And most people that jumped on the Instagram were like telling me all these crazy strategies, and uh, or they had leveled up quite a bit and they said they didn't have the fire, but they had already like because you can only upgrade your attack and your HP, right? That's it. With um, yeah, your
3: power and your vitality is what they call it, yeah,
0: yeah. So, like, I assume if you've upgraded your power a lot and come back to that. One of our good friends, Hakuna Matata, said he was like almost done with like the dream at the end of the dream sequence or some memory sequence or something. Yeah, but there's only three or four. There aren't a lot of attack power I got you. Upgrades. Okay. I I think that if you're frustrated with that game, that is good advice because like the next time I pick it up, I'm just going to try and explore more and um... Maybe pick off because I I fought a couple small bosses like little samurais or whatever. They gave me prayer beads. I think I have two prayer beads, and they were very doable. Well, one of them I stealthed his first thing. I I do feel like I have a tendency X. I don't mean to, but like there was the one of the first bosses I came across. I stealth. I um got a stealth hit on his. uh first death blow and then i just kept i I just kept slapping r1 boom 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 and i guess Mm -hmm. i was paring him back or whatever and it filled up and then i stabbed him but i didn't feel good about myself i felt like i just was cramming the r1 button you know but maybe that was what i was supposed to do for him sort of i i don't really know yet um yeah
3: well, th- that's the thing though, in this game, like the stealthing is like a big part of this game, I think, um at least for me in my playstyle, yeah. I always try and open up with like a stealth kill or see if I can just like stealth kill a whole camp. It's almost like a yeah. metal Gear solid type of feeling to it where like you're looking around seeing seeing the enemy movements where they're facing, and you're keeping note of it, and you're trying to strategically move through a whole camp area or a crowded uh, mob area and just so slowly pick off each one. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the grappling in this game improves your mobility and so to the much. point where j- yeah. it feels, it feels like you could jump in and out of battle as well. Like yeah. uh, if anything gets hairy and there's a grapple point nearby, nearby, like you could quickly get to uh, safety and like save yourself uh, a resurrection or heal up. Um, So I definitely like that there's a a varying degree of how you can encounter or how you want to attack certain enemies and uh, groups of enemies as well. Um mm-hmm. and like that grappling just really feels good. Like they made it to where it it's almost like unreal how quickly you could grapple. But like as soon as you see a green grapple point as you're grappling, you could grapple to that. And mid air, you're already grappling to yeah. the next point. Before and you, that before feels,
2: you land, you can grapple again, which is yes, it, yeah, it feels really good. Is
0: yeah. every boss possible to? Because I looked around for like ten minutes yeah. on that ogre, and I could not find a. Uh, a way to get the first death blow, and I think if I could, like well, a stealth kill
2: The I think the most challenging thing about that ogre is that there's a guy around the corner on the left who doesn't really like to aggro until you start the boss Yes, and I think that's I hate probably that one of the most challenging things so like uh, oddly enough, I think having a nice noisy fight with another enemy near that cliff to kind of lure down the other guy makes that fight a lot easier. So I you're did, not trying yeah, to fight. That's what I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you're not trying to fight the ogre and another ad at the same time. Believe it or um, not, I
0: thought the other guy was easy. I don't know what it was. I well, just he's not even...
2: that hard, but he's he's one of the spear guys, so he's pretty fairly long range. And then the ogre, yeah, also is yep. fairly quick. So the, between the two of them, it's 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 just the combo. But um, can you stealth that ogre though? Is it possible? You can get the first hit. Um. Yeah. Not really like I a stealth think- kill, but because he's changed up at first, you can close before he has a chance to
0: yeah.
2: to it break free and and get a it, a hit in.
0: It doesn't do that much. I tried it a lot. It really yeah. doesn't. No.
2: Like I, the biggest thing with him though is that um he has a large health pool, so you're not really going to get your death blow in until you start whittling his health away. Um, so like probably one of the best ways to do that is to wait until he does that jump kick thing at you, because that has a lot of lag time after he misses. Um, and then just get on a few hits. And
0: I just had such a perfect yeah. run on him, and then he just did that immediate grab thing, just out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's like the fastest kanji thing ever, and he's like, Argh! and he just slammed me on the ground, and I was so yeah. fucking angry, which is crazy, because the game actually gives you two resurrections, but it doesn't really make it feel mm-hmm. uh, that much easier. But like I said, I... I don't have any upgrades really where I'm at in the game yeah. at all. Yeah. I don't even have anything for my fucking hand yet, other than the grappling hook. So I try yeah. even grappling up. I really up don't on the think tr- you
2: need a bunch of them. Like a few of them are helpful, yeah. um, just right. depending on the boss type. Because, um, like like you were saying with the fire, um, it's not just for ogres. It's for like anything that's like raged out. You'll, they'll have like red eyed enemies um, through the game, mm-hmm. and if you you can. Th- like even though they're you know bloodlusted they're still afraid of fire is kind of the the idea there so you can kind of startle them and get in a couple hits yeah um animals well, are afraid of loud noises so you can scare them with fire like crackers. firecrackers and yeah. stuff yeah. and they have a few things like that that will make they'll, they'll give you an easy opening but it's not enough to be like to also make the fight inconsequential um yeah so it's it's like they're nice but they're really not necessary. Um
3: yeah. Yeah, in a way you're almost like cheating yourself on like getting the experience of um fully um understanding that the mechanics of that fight and then taking that that experience you t- yeah. uh just had and moving on to the next bigger
2: Yeah, there, uh, are, enemy. there are a couple of them where it's it's not even that it's not necessary but it really will make a big difference. Um that Oddly enough, the first boss in that gun encampment that I was at, um, he has just a ton of poise. He's, like, really hard to break through. Um, But, like, poison in this game Uh is not really that effective, but it's effective enough at getting health to wear down, so it just, you know, all of a sudden, eat away half his health, and then uh, poise is a whole lot easier to break through at that point.
4: Mhm.
2: So like yeah. instead of instead of opening or instead of you know just a single counterattack from a uh from a good parry, just poison the enemy instead. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, other other than that, it really I don't think the items are really that necessary. Um with with the exception of uh um like the shuriken is super useful for just because it's such such as it's a, well, a, it doesn't cost much to use. And then B, it comes out really fast compared to a lot of other attacks. So if somebody's jumping at you um, for an attack, that would otherwise be um, unblockable or just like a real pain in the ass to deal with. You can just toss out a shirk and, and just kind of like knock them out of the sky, um, which is really useful um, and the axe is also really useful and not so much because the enemies are unkillable without them, but there are like shield enemies and enemies with like um, helmets and stuff. What, and, and and, helmets, yeah. yeah. And just being able to break right through them without having to worry about any of the awkward mechanics of, you know, like it just it really saves time having the axe for those. But a lot of the other ones, I don't really feel like it's strictly necessary.
0: I did kill a lot of chickens with those uh <laughs> shrewkins. I was, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was just killing chickens left and right with those things.
2: hmm Those chickens, my first death in the game was to the chicken. Other other than the uh the uh <laughs> um like the story based one where you know where you lose your arm and um but yeah, yeah. That chicken was the first thing that killed me in this game
0: (laughs) yeah I could see it Mm -hmm. it is cool though that the tension that the stealth adds and and because it's this kind of game and it has this weird gravitas of being so difficult um, like the stealth kills just feel more like meaningful than a lot of other games Mm -hmm. um even if that's kind of an illusion, but it's not really because every enemy in this game could be the death of you and or cause a problem by luring you into another enemy, so they just feel a lot yeah. more rewarding, which is nice
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah uh I will say also in this game like the story is uh a welcome thing, I guess as far as like it, it's still the story is told it kind of' still in the same way of uh from software style mm-hmm. where like you do get um a little bit of information from like uh items and stuff like that um and like the the NPCs are kind of cryptic in their in their ways and you kind of have to slowly figure out what exactly they want but i think they they made it a little bit more um yeah. accessible for like a mainer or a more mainstream type of audience um and uh they, they, it's 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 a little bit more cinematic in that in that regard like uh, i feel like um like the sculptor, um, like, like Emma, the lady who gives you that uh, mm-hmm. little gourd seed deal that replenishes your, yeah. well, replenishes your health. Like,
2: Yeah, it's, it's yeah. interesting. They don't feel like the ridiculously cryptic, like mm-hmm. just everything I say will be vague type thing, which is good. It feels like they're actual characters who are, you know, kind of yeah. interacting with you there in the world um but not all of them are like you still meet some vague motherfuckers over there who just like yeah like you know aren't going to give you a straight answer for anything
3: <laughs> yeah and that that that's definitely the from softwares sticking out in. I, and I I enjoy that because i mean that's kind of core to how they've always uh yeah in, uh dealt with you know certain npcs like that who had like kind of straightforward type of thing but yeah. didn't necessarily want to make it seem like it was straightforward what you had to do
4: mm-hmm. um
3: but yeah the 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 fact that you, you don't create a character so the the character actually uh, that you're playing as has a voice and like he has an uh, actual role in the story. He's just not like some guy there who showed mm-hmm. up and was like, oh, I'm going to start fucking slaying some demons and shit like that. Uh, it, he's a actual guy with a motive, and um, yeah. he's out for revenge. And so it, it, it's kind of nice, you know, having like this uh, more fleshed out type of story in a from software game um, and uh, combine that with uh, that awesome gameplay. Like, uh, I, I found myself just playing this game much like Bloodborne like you know hours and hours at a time yeah. and like uh either making headway or just beating my head up against a wall <laughs> like mm-hmm. any other from software game but um yeah that story definitely uh alleviates that a little bit as you uh get rewarded with more of a story element and seeing where exactly it's going to conclude mm-hmm. Cool well the uh poll I did
0: the rage of playing Sekiro, basically a slider to dictate how angry people are getting playing this game, and the slider fell after all the voting between... right between my phone... Fo- <laughs> closer to my girlfriend or boyfriend is cheating on me, um... and a little farther from my phone battery dies at the worst possible time. So, I... Apparently, Sekiro is only as rageful as your, uh, significant other fucking somebody else. Oh, mm-hmm. that' that's too terrible. <laughs>
1: You know, there are the best of times and then there are the worst of times. Anything else? That's it.
0: <laughs> That's it. That's well, it. this was hopefully a best of times. Thanks for being here, Shay, in the flesh. Uh it's been fun. Thank you, Josh, for broadcasting, making it work from your hotel. Um I'm going to thank myself for being here despite having a panic attack. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to thank Fish for being here. Yeah, and that amazing, uh, amazing Patreon shout out. <laughs> that was so good. You're welcome. You're that welcome. was. He, he got. <laughs> It really was great. It was. Um, That's going to do it. It's been a fun show. I'll tag anyone whose comment we used. Again, patreon.com slash swordchomp, our side podcast, In the Blood and Evoking the Sublime. They're on the Instagram feed and the Save Stories if you want to check those out. That's going to do it. We'll be back next week, probably back in our normal locations, I guess. and uh, it'll be fun. So it's been crazy. Thanks for joining us for the shitstorm. Right? We weathered the shitstorm. We have weathered it. <laughs> we the Doppler radar is no longer showing those brown splotches that I was It wearing. is showing clear toilety
1: skies.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm. Toilety skies. Okay. That's right.
1: <laughs> there's, there's no leftover corn uh, floating in the I need to
0: oh, end oh, this before it love gets love worse. It. Let's get out of here. Thanks for listening to the show. We'll see you
1: next week little bit of Monica.